Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Dayton Tolbert, back live tonight with a uh, Saturday, with Saturday Night Live. Uh, if you guys have been tuned in over the last couple of years, you know uh, we introduced a, a new segment, the most recent segment here, which is Saturday Saturday Night Live. And we only do it uh, when we're live, you know, and, and it's really an opportunity for us to um, just, you know, let, kick back, lay back, uh, relax. Uh, talk about some current topics, some ask data on device questions, issues you guys are, are, are passionate about, and um, and just have some fun on a Saturday night. I mean, you know, we, we're known to keep it extra real on Saturday nights, and, and the reality is this. Um, what I've found is that uh, one of the reasons, if you guys aren't familiar, one of the reasons we, we even moved to uh, seven nights a week is because I, I realized that there was a need. I saw a direct need for some form of, entertainment, uh, but also something that was, you know, wholesome, something that could actually benefit, um, you know, your lives. And what I found is that historically people who are familiar with the show but not listening to the show uh, tend to be, uh, you know, let's keep it real, you know, either laid up, booed up, uh, clubbing it up. And so, you know what I mean? And so that's what we're doing tonight. Well, this is, I like to, you know, think of this show as a, as an alternative to to a worldly lifestyle, you know, um, a lot of if you notice, a lot of TV shows, a lot of radio shows, special broadcasts, they tend to stay away from uh, late night uh, broadcasts on the on the weekends. If, if you guys notice, Friday nights, Saturday nights, um, really just nine o'clock in general. Um, and so, but I don't, you know, I don't look at it that way. I look at it like, you know, between the hours of nine and midnight. Those are the time. That's the time frame where you know there's a lot of things going on out here. You know what I'm saying? That that are not, um, you know, not really productive or are not going to steer you in the right direction. So that's what we're here for tonight. We're going to have some fun. Um, you know, I'm excited. We, um, you know, this is there's a lot going on. There's uh, the Super Bowl tomorrow. You know, I'm excited about that for a number of reasons, which we'll uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day is next weekend and so um you know we I'm not sure what the uh you know what our schedule is gonna be like as far as live shows next week. So I wanted to make tonight a uh you know a special pre Valentine's Day special. You know, we usually do an annual uh post Valentine's Day special, just kind of breaking down what was you know, what people experienced, you know, things that may have happened or not happened and just kinda of, um decode, you know, all of that stuff for you guys. But you know, there's a lot of stuff leading up to Valentine's Day as far as, you know, uh, I call it the Wesley uh, Snipes Syndrome, you know, men disappearing, those disappearing acts, you know what I mean? You know, popping in, you know what I'm saying, right, you know, before, you know, or, or excuse me, disappearing before and then reappearing, uh, you know, afterwards, a couple of weeks after Valentine's Day to kind of put the pieces back together. And so we just want to kind of point out some red flags to look for, some uh, some some warning signs that uh, can potentially help you guys uh, as women avoid being played around the uh, around the holidays and specifically this holiday of, uh, of Valentine's Day. So definitely a lot to discuss. Uh, my co-host Courtney is here with me this evening. Courtney, how are you? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. It's so good to be here tonight. You know, because I, I always like our. Saturday Night Live shows, like they're always, you know, classics. They're always just real and just um, just very relaxed and chill. So I'm ready just to get into, you know, talking about, you know, the current topics as well as advice questions that I know a lot of the listeners have. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you guys something. It's interesting. Uh, we've we've actually now I think about it because we we I, we always enjoy doing them, you know, Saturday Night Live. But now that I think about it, there's actually been only a handful of live Saturday Night Live shows. You know, we've rebroadcasted the the best of Saturday Night Live, the ones that we've done, you know, a few times. But there've actually only been a handful, and you know, and, and Courtney's right, the ones that we have done have been pretty, uh, you know, pretty good. So uh, that's that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, you guys are welcome to call in with questions, listen in, write in, whatever you want to do. I uh, want to jump into it tonight. And, um, you know, first of all, uh, thank you guys for uh, checking out. A lot of you guys subscribed to my uh, YouTube channel, which I've been mentioning over the last couple uh, weeks. I told you guys we're going to be doing um, a, just, a you know, a, a new, uh, Courtney and I both, uh, some some YouTube videos. You know, um, you know, I'm working on my Ask Data on Advice uh, series now, and I just posted the first of, of many new videos, uh, the first one being on uh, just really the definition of, of what it means to be a wife, just kind of outlining a couple things that I've, I've seen in society that have, uh, you know, played a major role in in, in many women being passed over, not chosen, not taken seriously, strung along, those types of things. And so, I would, you know, obviously you guys listen to the show so you know about it and you get that information here. But, you know, in case you don't have two hours, three hours to, you know, listen to a whole show and get, you know, all the information, you know, I try to do the videos just to kind of summarize, you know, sp- specific points that we touch on here on the show. So definitely uh, subscribe, youtube.com slash Ask Daydon, you know, like the videos, share the videos, and, uh, you know, we'll keep it moving that way. I know, I mean, Courtney, uh, did you get a chance to see uh, the new video on the the definition of a perfect wife? Yes, I did, and I really really enjoyed it. You know, I always um, watch your videos, even prior to becoming the co-host. Like, I was always following somehow in some capacity. So it it was just good to see a new video because I know it's been a while um, so it was good. It was good to see that, and it was, you know, and it just gave like really just great information as always. And um, I look forward to more. And also to the listeners, I'll have one coming out tomorrow, so look out for that as well. Uh oh, y'all get I got the two for one weekend special. <laughs> you know, definitely uh, check out for check Courtney out, and uh, and you know that's what it is, man. You know, one of the things I've found is that. You know, with this show, I, I just have so much peace, you know, at this point, you know, in the beginning. And you guys, I'm not going to tell this story for the millionth time, but just, you know, it was, it was all for the wrong reasons, you know, likes and, you know, uh, ratings and advertising dollars and celebrity guests. And, you know, I mean, that, that, that stuff is, you know, it's all well and good, you know, but at the end of the day, it's really about just, I, I've learned and I've, I've noticed that it's just about providing quality information. You know, it doesn't have to, it's not about how it gets out there, whether it's radio, whether it's YouTube, Facebook. It's just about, you know, there's so many people that are really um, just not not getting uh, the truth and not getting realness. And, and I want to talk a little bit about that today as far as the, the media goes and, you know, just how information is, is being put out. But, yeah, man, you know, so you're going to see a lot more of that, man. Just, uh, you know, YouTube, I mean, YouTube is just great. You know what I'm saying? I think I think the video I put out, you know, had like a couple hundred, you know, views and you know, in a, in a couple hours, you know, and so definitely, um, 
you know, keep watching them, keep sharing them, and uh, even the older videos. You know, don't don't mind. Uh, you know, it's not. I told you, it's not about the video quality. I've no. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a tech guy. Like I said, I'm just trying to get the information out to you. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get into it. So the Super Bowl is tomorrow. Now we got the Carolina Panthers uh, going up against the Denver Broncos. Now, Courtney, are you a Super Bowl fan? I mean, I know you're not a football, you know, a big football fan in general, but do you watch the Super Bowl? What do you historically do? You know what? I do, I know I don't watch the game, so the answer is no. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> Just being honest, I'm I'm not a football fan. I think I I might have said this before, not sure, but I'm more into basketball. Um, but I do watch the halftime performances. Um, what I'll say about that though, as far as the reason that I watch that differs now as opposed to before. Before, I would watch it just uh, solely for entertainment purposes and, you know, see what people had on and, you know, something to talk about at work the next day, whatever the case may be. But now I watch it just to see how far they're going to take it as far as uh, blasphemy. and Because, you know, my eyes are now just open. And so I'm seeing that are, you know, right in front of, my face, just as far as blaspheming Jesus Christ and all of that. So I'm definitely going to watch it just to look out for that. Yeah, um, speaking of, you know, just blasphemy and just, you know, I'll tell you all, uh, the other, I think, well, a couple things. Uh, I just, today, I reposted last year's Super Bowl special. And we do an annual, if you guys are newer, you know, we, we do an annual Super Bowl or post-Super Bowl special where we do exactly what Courtney mentioned, which is really just analyze the the, the demonic, uh, the satanic imagery, you know, clear, blatant symbolism uh, specifically designed to blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ, push forth a new world order, a demonic and satanic um, agenda, and, and, you know, it's that's just what it is every year. And if you if you tune into any of our Super Bowl specials, just you know Google uh, Super Bowl, you know, on the Dayton Tolbert Show, so Super Bowl special, and you know it should come right up for you. Check it out on iTunes or wherever, and uh, and you'll hear just a very in depth analyzation. And so uh, next week's show, whenever we do it, we'll, we'll definitely. In fact, we may even tie that into because you know tonight we we were you know we said last time we were going to talk about. Uh, you know, the Lucifer, you know, Lucifer's uh, that new show on Fox. And Courtney and I have both prepared uh, a lot of notes, and that's really going to be a deep show. So I didn't want to do that on a Saturday night. We'll do that sometime next week. Um, and so maybe we'll combine that with uh, all this stuff that you will be seeing in the Super Bowl. Actually, you know, it's funny how God works stuff out like that, you know. for But, yeah, I think that uh, will actually be a good idea to do since we'll be on the you know, same types of, uh, you know, topics. So we'll, so we'll do that. But, yeah, man, uh but I was mentioning though, so you know the Beyonce performance from a couple of years ago. I remember me, I was watching with my man Osho, and I'll be over Osho's crib tomorrow, and we're watching the Super Bowl. You know, only thing with him, man, I told you he likes to turn stuff off. I'm like, yo, we gotta, you know what I'm saying? I like to watch it. Like we gotta, I gotta do a show on this. So he's, you know, he just doesn't want it in his house. He like, no, I don't want to, you know. He turns on the. Uh, you know, what the heck what the heck does he turn on? I forget. I told y'all last time I forget what it is. It's like an alternative uh, you know, something on a, on another channel that he likes to watch every year to avoid that stuff. But, you know, whether you watch it, whether you don't, just be aware. You know what I mean? Just be aware that when you have these major stages, whether it's the Super Bowl, the Oscars, the Grammys, 
the MTV Music Awards. Like these are the stages where you have the most, you know, viewers, and um, and so you know they're going to use, um, you know, these as opportunities to push forth that agenda. And you know, one of the things that I'm really uh, happy about is that you're seeing nowadays more and more. Um, it's interesting, you know. But I'll put it like this: back in the day. There used to be, you know, the entertainment industry as a whole, to really think about it, it used to be a lot bigger. You know, there used to be a lot more mainstream artists, you know, pop stars. You know, there used to be a lot more movie stars that were, you know, relevant and making, you know, money. And, you know, just there was just a lot more, like, you know, the – even television stars, but now you're what I'm starting to see. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the 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 circle is is shrinking, you know, compared to previous years, you know. And what's happening is, you know, they're being more selective with who because it, because it's at a level now where it calls for such blatant uh, representation of that agenda. And I don't know if people are, you know, if, you know, I don't know their reasoning for it, but it's just a very t- more tight knit circle, you know. But the people who are representing, the people who are in the limelight, in that spotlight, are very blatant, you know, very, um, you know, just obvious with with who and what they serve. And so I just want to, you know, make you guys aware of that as much as possible because it, you know it, it's, uh, you know, it, it affects us as as believers. You know what I'm saying? In fact. You know, we're seeing at this point, you know, just unparalleled, um, you know, allegiances. You know, I was talking on social media last week about uh, Kirk Franklin. Now, we've, we, you know, we've discussed him over the last few months. I mean, he has this new album out, and I guess, you know, it's 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 his time to, you know, pay back the favors and the, you know, for the fame and the fortune and the success. But he's just he's just wilding out right now. You know, he came a couple months ago, he came out in defense of homosexuality and even apologized on behalf of the church to the gay community. You know, I mean, just, just craziness. You know, just kind of, you know, then he's saying, you know, his his album is called Lose, Lose Your Religion, you know, and just kind of talking about how religion is bad and people need to give up their religion and, you know, just embrace, quote, unquote, spirituality, which is just, you know, it just sends a, a you know, even even attacking the church. You know, to defend the, the naming of the CD, just really attacking the church and, and just the, the organization, the structure of the church itself um, and the role that they play in religion. So, obviously, as, as someone as influential as him, as he is in the uh, in the church, in the gospel music world, it just sends a, a totally counterproductive message than what should be sent. So that was a couple months ago, and now recently you have – um, which I just, you know, really couldn't believe my eyes. But what you saw was uh, Kirk Franklin and Kanye West um, basically in the studio. It was actually Kanye West, 2 Chains, Kirk Franklin, you know what I'm saying, you know, and some other guys. I don't know if they're producers or, you know, uh, Illuminati. <laughs> I don't know, you know, who they are. But, uh, you know, and it's weird, like, I don't know. It's like people don't seem to be outraged about that. People don't see a problem with that. Like you don't hear people like in in the church in you know what I'm saying your social media, you know what I'm saying timeline talking about this. Whereas I'm looking at like like where where do they do that at? 
You know, I mean, like, seriously, really just, just think about it for a second. If you think about just really what is a gospel artist, right? I mean, seriously, like, just, just think about it for a second. What's a gospel artist? You know, is is someone who is, you know, in entertainment, you know, but with the purpose of bringing souls to Christ through through music. You know, first of all, praise, praise and worship, glorifying the name of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, and but at the end of the day, bringing souls to Christ through music. You know, introducing people to the Word through song, through dance. I mean, that's the that's the role of Kirk Franklin. That's his job. That's the job of anyone who calls himself a gospel artist. So if that's your job, and I'm just asking, but if that's your sole purpose, or should what should be your sole purpose, how do you justify and I mean I and I really would like an answer to this, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who think it's okay, but how do you justify one, making music, doing business, you know, um, standing with, representing with someone who specifically has a job of blaspheming the name of Jesus Christ. You know, because I get it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I get it. You know, I know, like, I've seen uh, people like, I don't know, I'm just, you know, Yolanda Adams, you know, and, and you know they they may have a duet with someone who has historically been known for secular music. Like, okay, you know, whatever. I'm not I'm not nitpicking that. You know what I'm saying? Because again, that may be a secular song, but it's not a secular song with you know, excuse me, with the sole purpose you know, of blasphemy. But when you have somebody like Kanye West, who you know obviously calls himself Jesus, which is a direct you know, mockery of Jesus Christ, you know, and, and just literally puts out, I don't know if people understand, but literally satanic worship music. Like, that's what it is. Like, if you just, it's, you just have to listen to it and you'll hear it's it's satanic worship, you know, the vast majority of his music. And so how, I mean, how do you do that? That's like Dr. Martin Luther King getting up there, taking a picture giving speeches, doing a seminar with the head of the KKK. Malcolm X sitting down breaking bread with, you know what I'm saying, with the, with the head of the, the you know, the, the New York division of the, the KKK. I mean, that's the, literally the equivalent of it. And so I just want to know how does anyone, how do people not see a problem with that? You know, I, I mean, and I mean, it could be a freak. I mean, it's like the head of it. Like, there's probably nobody that I can even think of that's more blasphemous uh, and has been more blasphemous over the years than Kanye West. And then at the same time, there's no one that has been more influential in the history or more successful, for that matter, in the history of gospel music than uh, Kirk Franklin. You know, and so I just, I'm just, it's, you know, it's something to ponder. It's a, it's really a rhetorical question because there is no rationalization for it. There is no justification for it other than the same people signing the checks for Kirk Franklin are also signing the checks for Kanye West and the Beyonce's and the Jay-Z's. And people don't really understand how the industry works. People don't understand that the heads of these major corporations have you know, a gospel division, have a rock division, you know, heavy metal, pop music, 
it, you know, it's all the same, excuse me, under the same umbrella. They all use many of the same distribution companies, you know, marketing companies. It's, it's all the same. For their videos, it's the same directors. It's the same cinematographers, right? I mean, it's the same, you know, editors, you know, it's for all these videos, for all these movies. And those, and I was just one, you know, tell you, those are the people to look out for. Those are the people who are most evil, the people who actually do the editing. Like, you ever be watching the show and all of a sudden somebody throws up a certain symbol and, like, the camera just, like, zooms in on it for, like, a couple of seconds and then zooms back out and it goes back to the, you know, what everybody else was doing? Like, those are the people, the tech guys. Those are the people who've really been, you know, initiated and have really taken these oaths to, you know, like, it's deep. It's not just the celebrities. It's the people behind the scenes. I mean, I'm just, you know, I, and it's crazy out here. I mean, any, any thoughts on, like, have, have you seen what I'm what I'm talking about? Yeah, I have. And just to make a comment about the Kirk Franklin thing, I mean, like you said, they're pretty much on the same page as far as blaspheming God. It's not, I think people look at Kirk and they say, well, he's gospel, you know, he represents God. But then you have to think about, just over the years, just think about his smile video. Think about, like, ask yourself, why does he have lipstick on in the smile video? Why, like, why is he doing certain things? Why, why is he associating himself with Kanye West? And then the funny part is that people, I don't know the reason for it, but, um, you know, people become, like, they, they get amnesia as far as Kanye West. It's what I notice a lot as far as, um, Kanye West is, I don't hear a lot of focus on or even attention brought to uh, the fact that he calls himself Jesus. I hear people, especially in this situation with him teaming up with Kirk, I could see someone saying, oh, well, yeah, because he did Jesus Walks. And it's like people forget about what's going on right now. Kanye West has a song in one of his, or a a line in one of his songs. He says, I made Jesus Walks. So I'm never going to hell some, some, some. Like, I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> like, he actually <laughs> believed that. Actually, I don't know if he believed that or not, but it was a very interesting line. I mean, like, he really said that, though. Like, I'm like, yo, you you really think that you can blaspheme in the name of Jesus Christ and not go to hell just because you made a song called Jesus Walks, which, which really, at the end of the day, has absolutely nothing to do with glorifying Jesus Christ? You know, like, and I mean, the funny thing is, it's like, you're right. I mean, I don't know if it's amnesia or is it just ignorance or just flat-out stupidity because I actually heard Jesus Walks being played on gospel stations. And I'm just looking like, and, and you know, I'm like, really, like, what the hell is wrong with people? I mean, seriously, like, that's the only thing that really comes to my mind. Like, seriously, like, what's wrong with you? Like, if you think that's some form of gospel song or you think that that's some, in some way glorifying Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ just because the song title is Jesus Walks, completely foolish. Now, watch this. I just want to talk to you all real quick about something because I've been watching a lot of things on YouTube lately, right? Now, here's the thing. I was watching, uh, you know, a lot of you all know The Breakfast Club. Now, The Breakfast Club is, um, you know, it's, it's actually the number one urban radio show uh, radio show in, in New York right now. Uh, DJ Envy, uh, Charlemagne, uh, you know, Angela Yee, and you know, and what they do. If you're unfamiliar, they have you know different celebrity guests on. They just kind of 
you know, it's the irony is that they're known for being real, but you know, it's it's you know, nothing is real if it's in the mainstream media. But that's a whole other uh, topic. But a couple of things I was watching, and well, a couple of things about that. But first, uh, Joe Budden was recently on. I don't know if you guys know him from the the rap group Slaughterhouse. He's on, well, he was on Love and Hip Hop, and I think is now on Couples Therapy. But now he's a very well respected MC. You know, if you know, if you don't know. Uh, Slaughterhouse is is a group that was brought together by Eminem. Um, just you know, and it, it, it's consisted uh, consists of uh, members, I think like four or five of, of like the the more respected lyricists in the industry. And so that's the purpose it serves is for being you know that group serves being real and and having real lyrics, real hip hop. Uh, so Joe Budden, just so you know, if you're unfamiliar, maybe you just saw him on Love and Hip Hop. Like he's basically regarded as one of the top lyricists in all of hip hop. That's how Slaughterhouse is viewed by people who understand hip hop. Just so you know, just so you understand that, like he kind of is like a buffoon on on like these these reality shows. But as far as hip hop hip hop goes, that's the role. And I'm, I'll tell you why he why I'm focusing on that in a minute. But very well respected in the hip hop industry. So he's on The Breakfast Club, and, you know, you know what we talk about on a regular basis, even what we're talking about now. He's on there, and they're like, you know, Charlotte, I mean, uh, Envy and Charlotte, man, we're kind of giving him a hard time, like, yeah, you know, all this reality stuff, and, you know, what's up, I mean, you don't be doing as much as you could, and, you know what I mean, and, and, and you know, I expect you, you to be as successful as you are, as respected as you are, you know, I would just like to see you really take it to a whole other level, and, you know, and he's like, hold up, hold up, come on, man. Y'all. He's like, but you know, I'm doing my thing independent now. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just saying, you know. Like, da, da. He's like, hold up, man, yeah, but y'all act like, and this is, it's very slight. Y'all can go on YouTube and listen to the interview for yourself. But he's like, hold up, but, but you acting like you don't understand, y'all don't know how the game works. Y'all acting like y'all don't know how the industry works. You know, and he kind of paused, and they all just had like this little moment. He's like, y'all acting like y'all don't know what it is as far as the difference between being independent and, and as far as your success level goes with being independent and being on a major label. You know what I'm saying? If you guys are following me, what, what he meant by that was, I, hope, I mean, you should know by now. He basically was saying, like, you you basically, if you, if you want to achieve that level of success, the way the game is structured, one, you got to sell your soul, and you got you to gotta most likely be gay, Right, and you gotta basically subscribe to a whole bunch of things that, you know, basically are pushing forward a satanic agenda. I mean, that's you know the sex, the drugs, the violence, and just you know homosexuality, like that whole thing. If you want that level of success, and so he's like, come on, so I'm doing instead of all that. Y'all know what I bring to the table lyrically, but I'm just doing things independently, so I ain't gotta go through all that other extra stuff. How crazy is that, Courtney? Wow, that that that's amazing that he he said that. Because a lot of celebrities they don't want to even talk about it; they want to gloss over it, pretend that it's not going on. And the funny thing is, is that's I mean, they don't they can't talk about it, and they will gloss over it, just like he did, and just like they all did. But it was that 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 little moment. You know, he's like, come on, like, what you, he's like, oh, man, what you mean? Like, basically saying, like, yo, you know what's up, like, what you, what you mean? Kind of like Rihanna looked at Oprah 
Like, come on, Oprah, you know what's up. When they were doing their interview and Oprah was like, you know, uh, when Rihanna kept saying, well, you know, they want me to do this and they want me to do that. And, you know, they, 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 she kept saying they. And Oprah was like, well, you know, Rihanna, like, what do you, like, who's they? And Rihanna was like, come on, Oprah, like, you know who they is. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. It's like this little inside joke. It's a little inside joke that, like, only these celebrities are in on. But, you know, like, and they they talk, like, if you watch these late-night shows, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, you know, all these guys, they all talk about it. They, and, like, especially late-night. Like, they don't even hide stuff anymore. Like, it's, like they, just, they just expect people to be oblivious to it. And not just be watching, like, oh, why right, are you just going to gonna be that blatant about it? Like, like, people don't understand. Oh, although most people don't. Now, watch this. Uh, so that was the first thing about the Breakfast, uh, Breakfast Club. And I posted this on my timeline. I want you all to all watch it, you know. But the problem with it is people have become so desensitized to this type of stuff and, and really only looking at, you know, certain things from a, a, a strictly entertainment standpoint. They don't even check for stuff like this but like they, like they once used to. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a lot more interest. There was a lot more feedback, you know, years ago about this type of stuff. But now it's like just because of the industry, because of entertainment, the you know, what's become pushed as being mainstream now is just like people have become desensitized to it and then they just ignore a lot of stuff that actually does have value. But let but look, let something be about a 30-second vine, you know, a little comedy skit. It got, a, you know, 3 million views and a million shares, but you post something with some actual knowledge and some realness, from a, especially from a biblical standpoint, and people look at you like you're crazy. You know, and people, like, I mean, I want people to really notice that stuff. Like, look at some of this foolishness that has 5 million views. Adele's video is like, what, got a, like has like a billion, a billion views, the, the fastest video to ever reach a billion views or something like that. But post something about Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like amazing. But uh, so I posted it online though. Cassidy was on the Breakfast Club. Now again, this is again somebody else. Please understand, especially if you if you know about battle rap. You know what I'm saying? Like if you know about hip, like real hip hop, battle rap, the origins of hip hop. Like Cassidy is again one of the most respected artists. You know, really in history. You know, as far as battle rap goes, as far as true lyricism goes, and he was on there, and he basically, um, you know, he was like, you know, I want to, do, I, you know, I got a limited amount of time here on on, on y'all show. I know y'all reach a lot of people, so yeah, we can talk about some stuff, but you know, I want to take this time just to just to give y'all a little freestyle that kind of you know speaks about my relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I don't now me personally, I didn't really know he had a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I'm really happy to hear. Now, if you guys understand, Cassidy used to be, you know, a, you know, a mainstream artist. You know, I want to take you to the hotel. So, you know what I mean? That whole thing with R. Kelly and that was Courtney's song back in the day. Like that was, you know what I'm saying? Her theme song where like, she used to jam that. When she was clubbing, that's what they were playing in the club. But, like, now he's, like, you know, he's walked away from that. He's spoken about the need to be homosexual, to get done up the butt if you want to be successful in the industry. Like, he's spoken about that. He's actually, you know, spoke about, like, yo, this is why you see artists go from being mainstream to being independent. This is why certain people, quote, unquote, fall off. And, again, this is Cassidy. This is, again, one of the most successful 
uh, or I should say most respected and successful lyricist, you know, in history. Ask anyone in hip hop who can who has the probably one of the best freestyles, you know, and has had that level of underground success as well as commercial success. They're going to mention Cassie, and he's again he's told he's spoken about. Listen on, listen to what I'm saying to you. He's spoken publicly about, you know, how the, the the fact who runs the industry, what's needed and necessary to be done in order to be have mainstream commercial success, and what happens if you don't, you know. And so you really got. Look, I mean, even I told y'all before. He said, um, "What did he say?" He was like, uh, "You know, I'm not a homo, so I don't expect the sales. But either you're gonna respect me or you're gonna catch a shell." And I've told y'all that before, and, and just to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's basically what it, what it, how it works. He said, I'm not a homo, I'm not gay, so I don't expect a lot of record sales. Y'all, y'all get it. You know what I'm saying? I don't got to, I don't got to beat it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so I say all this just to kind of, you know, continue the conversation, um, open up some eyes, open up some ears, um, understand uh, that there is realness out there, um, you know. What I mean, you just have to look for it, you know, and understand what exactly you are, uh, you know, what you're looking for. Uh, what else is going on? What else is going on around the world right now? A lot of things going on in the, uh, around the world. A lot of people are talking about Meek Mill. A lot of people are talking about Meek Mill. Somebody said, "Well, how you feel about Meek Mill?" I said, "I don't. I don't care." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't care about his beef with Drake. I don't care about his beef with uh, 50 Cent. We mentioned the other night that he was, uh, uh, I think we, we talked about the fact that he was, at that point, um, looking at some serious jail time for, for violating his parole. Well, well, a decision came down from the judge that they weren't going to send him to jail, but they were going to give him 90 days of house arrest and, uh, you know, and six years of probation. And so, I mean, Again, I, you know, I don't care about that. Um, I don't know why people do care about that. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you care about Meek Mill, Courtney? Just asking. No, no. You know, what I will say is he's another example of, you know, if you just Google Meek Mill, you'll see, you know, click on images, you'll see some, uh, hopefully what are by at this point very recognizable, um, you know, hand signs, images that really coincide with all the things that we've been talking about as far as, you know, what's needed to be, uh, to achieve a certain level of mainstream success. And uh, so, it's, you know, this stuff is out there, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you look at one of his first singles was was probably, you know, this, that song Amen that ironically he had with Drake where he's like, you know, I just want to thank God for allowing me to smash off all the bad bitches. And, uh, you know, there's some bad bitches in the club. And amen. Like, it's like crazy stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, like that, that's the type of stuff that you've got to do, you know, if you want to if you wanna be successful. In fact, I'll even tell you, just look at, watch this. Look at any any relatively new artist that comes out or even some of these artists that are trying to make a comeback or just kind of maintain their notoriety, you, can, you know, their their songs are going to have some form of, in many cases, um, some form of spiritual reference of some sort, whether it's making a mockery of, of Christ, whether it's, 
um, a mockery of the church, some type of church-related imagery in the in the video uh, when they perform on major major venues and events like you know the performances. You know, it's it's all that type of stuff, and you got to look for that. And it's like okay, so that's why you're successful. In fact, if you look at uh, tomorrow's Super Bowl, if you notice what's happening, this is probably it's, they're going very hard. If you look at what they're doing, they're getting a three-for-one special, right? They're getting a three-for-one special, which is they really don't do this. Uh, historically, it's been like one major artist. It's either Bruno Mars, it's Beyonce, it's Janet Jackson, it's Madonna. You know what I mean? It's like one major headliner, and that's just what it is. Well, this year, they said, you know what? This is going to be a big superstar, I mean, a big Super Bowl. Uh, what we want to do is we want to maximize our opportunity to reach as many people as possible with this clear and blatant demonic and satanic imagery. So what we're going to do is we're going to combine the Super Bowl with the biggest artists in three major markets. We'll get your your, your hip-hop, your R&B, you know, and even a lot of pop art, you know, pop fans tied in with Beyonce. You got your Strictly you know, uh, pop, you know, uh, fans tune in for for Bruno Mars. You you know, Coldplay is playing. So, obviously, that brings a whole other, you know, demographic that's going to tune in specifically for him. And they're all going to, you know, do what they do as far as pushing a certain agenda. But now, instead of reaching just one one primary demographic, they say, hey, why not capitalize? And see, and I, I studied marketing you know, in, in college, and, I mean, that's that's marketing one-on-one. Like, why not do that? You know what I'm saying? Why just focus on one when you can reach multiple demographics in the, in the same amount of time? You know, I mean, did you, did you, did you I mean, did you, do you see what's going on here, Courtney? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah, man, it is what it is. What else is going on out here? As you can see, guys, a lot of things going on in the media. Now, I'm going to church tomorrow, man. Forget all this, man. If there was never a time to pray, you know what I'm saying, this is it right now. I mean, you really got it at this point. And it's the saddest, I tell you, the, the saddest part about it is, is that people are not, their their level of, I'll put it like this. The level of attention that's being given to this type of stuff is lesser when in reality the threat is more severe. You know, like things are worse now. I don't know if people think things are getting better, or but things are getting worse. If you look at just the way the government is structured, you look at, you know, payment, you look at the state of the church, you know, you look at black leaders or lack thereof, everything is, is worse than it was in case you guys haven't noticed. Um, but speaking of all that, you know, look, uh, in fact, right now, I got a tape. I was watching it before, and I'll probably check out the rest of it after, but the Republican debate is on right now. You know, I don't know if you guys are checking that out. You know, you got a lot of people, you know, uh, talking about Trump. And, and the funny thing is, I'll just tell you all something real quick. I mean, Trump is, in case you guys don't know, is a distraction. Like, that's not, he's not going to be president. But what's happening is he, you know, he unfortunately is 
Like, when you hear people talking about, all right, who are you voting for? Everybody says, well, I know I'm not voting for Trump. It's like, okay, cool. You don't have to vote for Trump. He's only there for you to say that. You know what I'm saying? His whole, the whole purpose of him is to take away attention, you know, from people who really are pushing, uh, uh, you know, a certain message and a certain agenda. You know, it's a sad day when people in the black church will boycott Trump or protest Trump before they'll pro-Kirk Franklin for supporting Kanye West. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's that's a problem. The way people look at Donald Trump is the way I look at Kirk Franklin and people like Jay-Z and Beyonce, because they're, they're, they're the real um, dangerous people. I mean, Donald Trump is totally insignificant. He's not going to be president. So if he's not president, that means he goes back to doing whatever he was doing before people even cared about him. So why do we care now? He's not going to be president. You see what I'm saying? There, even if he is president, there are more important. There are more like important things. You know what I'm saying? Like it's amazing. Like people, I, I'll tell you this. I have no problem. I'd rather have see Trump in office than any Democrat, just because of the the the. Uh, and I'm not a Trump fan, but then just the fact that people like don't even understand why I would even say something like that is a problem. It just kind of shows that a lot of people don't understand the platform of the of Democrats of this liberal agenda. You see what I'm saying? This anti God, anti morals, anti values. You know, pushing the whole gay gay rights, gay gay marriage, like that whole thing, abortion, like everything that God hates is like is you know what the Democratic platform consists of. You know, so yeah, Donald Trump has some issues. But it's like, he again, you take him out of the equation for being a quote-unquote racist, and then you put somebody else in there that's, you know, a Republican, what's your issue with them? You see what I'm saying? And then the conversation kind of dies down because that would actually force people to actually tune in to the debate and actually tune in to hear, like, all right, well, what are they really saying? Yeah, I know I quote-unquote don't like them, but, like, you know what I'm saying, what's the real reason? You know, so it's like, you know, that's just so you know, that's the role that Donald Trump plays. He plays the distraction role so that people really don't have to, so that really so that the media can continue to perpetuate this whole Democrats are good, Republicans are bad team. That's the, you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's what he's there for. But yeah, so now watch this, watch this. I was, you know, I, and I, I did some extended research. Like I watched the debates you know what I'm saying? I, I, like last week, I watched the, uh, the Democratic debate with. Uh, first of all, I watched the town hall with Hillary Clinton and, and uh, Bernie Sanders, and then I watched the debate the following night. And but then I did some research on Hillary and Bernie Sanders. And I just want to I just want to point some stuff out because I know a lot of people don't really look at stuff like this. But I did some research because I, me personally, I like to know like all right, like what do you really think? Like what's your views really? And I asked, I said, you know, I Googled. First I Googled, is Bernie Sanders a Christian? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, like, it's like, you know, Courtney, do you ever hear anyone ever talking about Bernie Sanders? Well, the people who do talk about him, do you ever hear them talking about him from a spiritual standpoint? No, I don't. I don't either. 
And that's, it, I just got curious one day. I was like, well, hold on. Yeah, I was like, is this, yeah, this is going to blow your mind, especially Democrats and people who support. I was like, yo, is this dude even a Christian? Like, what does he believe? Because they don't ever, like, you know, the Republicans or and even Hillary Clinton to a certain extent, they even, they mention it. They may even talk about it, you know what I'm saying? But Bernie doesn't even mention it at all, and I was wondering about that. So I Google. I say, you know, is Bernie Sanders a Christian? You guys can Google yourself. This dude isn't even a Christian. This dude is totally detached from any type of spiritual connection. And even and, and they asked him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they in the town hall. Why well, go on YouTube? And this was like one of the most ridiculous things I think I've ever heard. And I up until this point. I even like Bernie Sanders. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a likable guy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not hating on Bernie, you know, for those of you who are feeling the burn, right? You know, but I actually, I actually, you know, that's like the whole, his little catchphrase. I was walking downtown. I saw a little band that said, feel the burn. I'm like, okay. So I, so I Google him. I'm like, yo, is it Bernie Sanders a Christian? And so so that was that. No, so you, you can read up on his spiritual beliefs or lack thereof online. But then one of the in the town hall, one of the you know the the, the question uh, givers, the askers, you know, stood up. They were like, you know, so you know, Bernie, I'm undecided, and I'm paraphrasing. You guys can watch it for yourself. But one of he was just like, you know, uh, I'm undecided, and I'm kind of not sure, uh, you know, who to vote for, or you know, Republican or Democrat. And I'm just wondering for people who. Uh, who, whose, whose spiritual principles and beliefs guide their life and, and, their influ- and influence their decisions uh, in life, um, as well as people who focus on race, as well as, you know, church and spirituality and things like that. You know, how, what, what would you, why should those people who are faith, uh, who, whose, whose faith motivates their decision and even voting practices, why should those people uh, vote for you who who are really looking to make a decision based on spirituality. And he's like, well, you know, you know how he talks. He said, oh, well, thank you for your question. He's like, well, you know, for me, I look at the discrepancy in the criminal justice system as far as whites and blacks and uh, rich versus poor, and I look at, you know, uh, you know, the, the the discrepancy, you know, minimum wage stuff. He started talking about the economy. He's like, so you know, definitely the poor are are underprivileged, and the rich do a good job of keeping them oppressed. And uh, he's like, so for me, that's my spirituality. Like, you know, that's what I use to really motivate me from a spirit. He's like, that's kind of like he didn't say that's my God, but he's basically was like, you know, fighting for the underprivileged is his you know, spirituality. I'm like, what? I'm like, what the heck? Like, that's all well and good, Bernie. I said, that doesn't have anything to do with God. Like, he, and that was his answer. You know, and he did, and people clapped. I'm like, yo, are you serious? I'm like, yo, yo, y'all know how I do. I'm about to go back and, and record it just so y'all can hear. I couldn't believe he said that. Like, he basically said that the rich, the discrepancy between the rich versus the poor and fighting to make things equal is like the equivalent of that's what spirituality means to him. And the dude was just looking like, oh, all right, you know, it sat back down. And to me that was like, but again, like I said, I like Bernie, but I just want you all to know, like, that's the type of stuff. Uh, Hillary, you know, Google her. Google her 
uh, spirituality and her spiritual beliefs. You'll find, you know, she's like a Methodist and, you know, but it has famously, and I posted this online, a direct quote from Hillary. I, I titled it on my page, uh, 1996 Hillary versus 2016 Hillary, which is a very, uh, it shows a very similar flip-flop uh, as you saw with Barack Obama being senator versus uh, now president. And basically, I don't have it in front of me, but basically she was saying, in fact, I think I will actually uh, pull it up so you guys can uh, get a sense. But for right now, just paraphrasing, she basically said that, you know, as a Christian, um, I be, you know, I, uh, I believe that marriage is a union between a, a man and a woman, um, you know, and, and that's just what it is. That was in 1996. But then she, but then she basically changed her whole thing up, saying that she, at this point, has evolved and, you know, even chastised people who believe that they have some type of direct, you know, link to God and, and to know his, you know, how he feels and just, you know, really just making a mockery of, you know, the the fact that the word uh, of God is, in fact, timeless. Did you get a chance to see the, the post? I'm, I'm going to pull it up for you because I actually really want you all to, to hear, um, you know, exactly what she said. Yes, I I did see the post and I, I saw the the uh, huge contrast in the flip flop um, and also in the um, last Democratic debate, Bernie Sanders called her out on it in so many words about how she has flip flopped over the years. Maybe he, he does it consistently. I feel like in each debate he kind of goes there with her um, each time and basically says like, you know, you flip flop based off of um, campaign endorsement. So if she wants to generate additional endorse, endorsements, then she'll change her stance on certain topics to get um, those persons to give her money. Oh, yeah. It's a joke. It's it's a joke. You know, I don't know if you all have been focused, but Bernie, you know, has made this a, you know, a very, has made this point on a number of occasions, the fact that she kind of claims to want to fight these major corporations and you know, is a progressive and this and that. But she get she. I think she for one speech, you know, she got six hundred thousand from these major corporations. You know, and so um, she has a super PAC. You know, specifically designed with funneling millions of dollars into her c- campaign. Well, I understand that. You know, I don't know if you guys know. We've talked about this though. But when you have a super PAC, you know, that's that that's consisted of of the the lobbyists, you know, and the special interest groups who, who give this money. But the problem with that is is those are, uh, you know, those those that money comes with uh, the, the need to pay back that money through favors, you know, once you're in office. And, and Bernie Sanders has spoken on the fact that, and he's taught, the funny thing is the irony is he speaks about this routinely by saying that the political system is rigged through campaign contributions. He says that in just about every speech, every time he talks, he talks about how the system is rigged. You know, and his talk, he talks specifically about how these major corporations, these special interest groups, finance these campaigns and how the, when these people get in office, they have to pay back that money through favors. Now, but the funny thing is, and Hillary, watch this, Hillary Clinton even, that's how she does flip-flop and does kind of go however the wind blows because, she agrees with Bernie, but she's actually the the person that he's talking about. 
Barack Obama is the type of people that Bernie Sanders is talking about. When he says the the system is rigged, he's talking about Obama. He's talking about the Clintons. He's talking about the Bushes. They all have had super banks. They've all been influenced and are still influenced by lobbyists. So, yes, for those people who like Bernie Sanders and think, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's keeping it real, he speaks the truth, well, understand, he's, they won't say it. He won't say it because he's a Democrat, but he's talking about Obama. Obama has benefited from exactly the type of campaign contributions that Bernie Sanders is, is talking about. But nobody, like, you know what I'm saying, nobody connects the dots. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, right right on, Bernie. You're, yeah, that's what's up. Thanks for speaking the truth. But... If you like Bernie, then you can't really support Obama or Clinton because he's speaking about those types of politicians. But I, I pulled it up. I pulled, and this is what we do in Saturday Night Live. we got a lot to talk about. But as you can see, there's a lot going on from a political standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint that we got to get out the way. Then we can have a little bit of fun talking about the, the late-night creep sessions that be going on Saturday night. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But for right now, let me just... Let me just uh, read what Hillary said. Now, this is 1996, Hillary. You know, now she says, marriage, and I, I quote, marriage has historic, religious, and moral content that goes back to the beginning of time, and I think a marriage is a marriage has always been between a man and a woman. She said in 1996, according to God and Hillary Clinton by Paul Kenger, uh, who wrote, you know, wrote a book about uh, Hillary, uh, specifically on her spirituality. Now, in 2014, this is a quote. She, she says, one of my big problems right now is that too many people believe that they have a direct line to the divine and they never want to change their mind about anything. All right? <laughs> it says in in 2014 in an interview in which she said that she now supports gay marriage. She goes on to quote uh, saying that we are living at a time when this extraordinary change is occurring and I'm proud of our country. I think that we have all evolved and it's been one of the fastest, most sweeping transformations that I'm aware of. Well, you look at that, like, since when is it okay to 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 flip-flop on a major issue like that? Like, that's unprecedented. This is, in fact, like, I follow politics. Just understand, like, if you notice, like, if you watch the Republican debates and somebody votes one way, you know what I'm saying, and then on another issue they vote another way, those candidates opposing that person are quick to point out that, you know, point that out. If you guys notice, like they, they'll, they'll, you know, they got their voting record, their whole voting records going 20 years back, and they're quick to point that out. You will know back here you said this, but then you voted that. They put, they pull stuff out the woodwork. But when it comes to these types of monumental transformations, not just a voting record, but monumental transformations, you have, have you guys noticed that nobody, for not the moderators. Not these political pundits, you know what I'm saying? Not the other candidates. Nobody focuses on the fact that these people have just totally transformed their entire political platform. 
I mean, does that not bother you just a little bit, Courtney? It does. They they don't point that out at all. Just aside from Bernie Sanders, but he's 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 still not direct about it. You know what I'm saying? It's still not talked about. And then also, um, the same thing that we see with Hillary Clinton, the flip flopping as far as you know what she said in the beginning, 20 years ago, as opposed to now. We see that with Obama uh, before he became president, you know, as opposed to now. And his his votes on um, gay marriage, he embraces it now, but before it was a marriage between men and women. Same thing. uh, And I'm not, let me just say this. I'm not even knocking that, you know what I'm saying, because I understand how the industry is. I understand how politics works. You, I mean, if you want to win, you're going to, if you, if you are see that's the problem, people don't understand politics and the fact that true Christians really can't be in politics because you have to sway with however the votes go. I mean, politics you can't be a politician with no votes. You can't be a politician with no support from your party. If you want to call yourself a Democrat, you just can't. You cannot not you know have a problem. With homosexuality and gay rights, you—I mean, that's what you, like, as a Democrat, you have to support gay marriage. I don't understand that people realize that you have to. So that basically says you cannot. Please listen to what I'm saying. You biblically, you cannot be a Christian and be a Democrat at the same time because true Christians follow the Word of God. Period. I mean, that, I'm not saying anything that's wrong. Like. Christians follow the teachings of the Bible. We all know what the Bible says about homosexuality, gay marriage, this and that. So, again, you, if you want to be a Democrat, and I'm not knocking anybody. I'm sure there's some Democrats listening, but I'm just saying you can't be a Democrat and support homosexual. Uh, you know, you can't be a Christian and be a Democrat, for real, for real, because as a Democrat, you have to support gay rights. Well, if you want to be in politics. Now, if you are just a voter, I mean, you can do what you want. But I'm just saying as a politician, you know what I'm saying? And I just have a problem. I, I can't support, you know, anyone who is an advocate for things that God hates. Just as a man, as a Christian, like, that's just not me. They say, well, who are you voting for? I say, well, really, um, I, you know, again, I understand that both parties are playing for the same team. There's a reason why the, the questions are scripted a certain way. There's a reason why certain questions aren't asked, why certain topics aren't even touched on, because it's all scripted. You, you see, like, I understand that, you know what I mean? And, and uh, so, you know, it is what it is, though. Uh, one of the things that I was um, – I posted online the other day about – we were talking about the media earlier and just the 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 inconsistency and the downright lies – of the mainstream media. In fact, Ben Carson made a really good point and has valid reason to be upset about this. I don't know if you guys have been following, but CNN reported uh, last week that he was dropping out of the race after the Iowa caucus. You know, and he said, he you know made a statement saying he after the, after the caucus he wasn't going to New Hampshire. And he was he was going to go home. You know, for a little bit just to, uh, for a little bit just to kind of relax and you know chill for a little bit. Uh, and then so CNN for whatever reason, reported that he was dropping out of the race, Ted Cruz took that information and, and you know, put it out there saying that most likely, people, you know, his supporters should vote for him because 
Carson is dropping out, which was totally false. You know, you guys understand see how this stuff goes? And I just want people to understand, like CNN, and we've talked about this here on this show, just the blatant and downright lies that the media tells specifically to push a government agenda. Now, I'm not going to sit there and lie to you and, and act like I know exactly what that agenda is or what the purpose. I don't know if they want, uh, you know, uh, Carson out or what, who actually benefited from, like, if, if Cruz is definitely that guy and that was done to, you know, I, I don't know. But, I mean, one thing's for sure, that was a blatant lie. I told you all a couple of years ago, everybody jumped on this whole Chris Brown thing. Oh, Chris Brown beat Rihanna. Chris Brown beat Rihanna, and everybody took that and ran with it. But CNN actually reported, they were like, we're not going to show that photo because we cannot verify its authenticity. That photo was fake. You know what I'm saying? Everybody to to this day shows that, that Rihanna photo of her face all bruised up as if it's truth, as if Chris Brown really beat that girl. You know, specifically based on that photo that the L.A. PD Photoshop. You know what I'm saying? And, and but but CNN actually say we 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 can't verify its authenticity. So if CNN can't verify, then guess what? It can't be verified, which is code for it's fake. But you know, nobody ever came out and, and clarified. Nobody ever came out and said, "Hey, look." You know, this was fake, but, you know, because they enjoyed the fact that you have a black man now being, de- you know, de- defamed, you know what I'm saying, and attacked. Rihanna to this day has never said Chris Brown beat me. Chris Brown has never said I beat Rihanna. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things that just kind of you just got to go ahead and believe what you're going to believe. So, I mean, it's deep. But, yeah, so, uh, so I say all that to say just just be aware, man. Just do do some and I'm not saying just listen to me and take my word for it, but just do some independent research on on what you are passionate about. Like, if you're passionate about them, actually, you know, research. Like, all right, if this is something I care about, let me make sure it's true or at least figure out the facts before I jump to conclusions because, you know, the media is run by the government. These are, let me tell you, nothing I've said tonight is not, you know, is 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 not factual. Like you know, like every everyone knows, like the government is controlled by the media, or excuse, the media is controlled by the government. Like that's, I don't know if you guys understand the law. You know what I mean? Like that's just how the government is structured. Um, and so a lot of this stuff, you just got a lot of people just don't know, but you got to research the law. You know what I'm saying? What else, man? Flint, continue playing, uh, praying for Flint. I uh, on my timeline, I read somewhere, then I looked it up and. Uh, the game, you know, who many of you watch, uh, she's got game. Uh, you know, you follow his music maybe, especially if you're out there on the West Coast listening. Uh, but he, he gave, I think, $500,000 of his own money to, uh, you know, to, to in water, you know, to uh, to the front. You know, and the funny thing is I just stumbled upon that. You know what I'm saying? I just stumbled upon that. You know, I didn't even, like, that's not something that the government, the media is going to really, you know, put out there. That's not something that, um, you know, people like to, you know, reward. It's like, wow, you, you know, you did a re- even just say, hey, look, that's what's up. 
You know what I mean? Did you hear about that, Courtney, on, on CNN, MSNBC? No, I didn't. I didn't hear about it there. But it makes sense why, though. I mean, because as far as that, I, I, I just want to say real quick, I admire him, or I think it's awesome that he gave that amount of money, that 500000 really because it was done, it, it seemed like he was being sincere about it because that was money that he just made, you know, off of his tour. And he gave all of that money, all that he had from that tour, to help the residents of Flint. But then you have other celebrities that come in and are just bragging about, you know, it's like a PSA about, oh, I donated $10,000, <laughs> you know, and knowing that's not really going to do much. And so um, I think it's good what he did, though. Yeah, I mean, and the, the thing about it is, and I read the article, I actually ended up seeing the interview also, the reason he even did that, because he actually came at Madonna's neck, because Madonna was on there saying, oh, yeah, I gave $10,000. And he was like, what, is that a joke? You know what I'm saying? And he uh, he was like, nah, I'm going to go ahead. Well, he was like, why are you, you got more money than me, and you give him 10000 He said, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and give, uh, you know, uh, 500 Which And let me just say this, I'm not, I, I appreciate that money that Madonna gave. I'm not going to come in, I mean, any money, any amount of money, you know, is, is I'm sure is appreciated uh, by those residents. But I think what we really got to look at is, you know, if that was Beverly Hills, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. You know, and I'm just, I mean, seriously, I mean, it was, it, you know, 90210, that area, you know, I mean, first of all, it wouldn't even be an issue to begin with. But then certainly if it was an issue, we would have the issue corrected, you know, by now. You know, I mean, it wouldn't even been an issue. And I think that if you look at, you know, the government, and, you know, this is the last thing I want to say, because I want to talk about some other stuff, but, you know, I just really, you know, as my mom used to say, I'm just flabbergasted that it's weird. Like, no matter what, it's just like this disconnect. I'll say that. It's like no matter what the president does, no matter what the, this administration does, it, it's it's okay. You know, no, whatever whether it's a crisis, whether it's, I mean, it could be anything. You know, it's never any accountability on the president. You know what I mean? And I, we talked about this before, you know, uh, you know, Hurricane Katrina. It was like all, all eyes were on Bush and only Bush. But you look at so many different tragedies, it's like nobody is, it's like people want to look around. Well, let's look at this organization. Let's look at this governor. Let's look at this mayor. But, you know what I'm saying, nobody's really looking at, you know, ultimately, you know, the president you know, for these national tragedies. Um, and I think we have to, and I think that we, because we, we have in the past, and we will continue to do that in the future. I, I remember, like, that's how, like, everything, that's how it's always been. Any national issue, you look at the president, period, white, black, whoever, but not now. I don't know, I just have, I just have an issue with that. You know, what else? Real quick, I meant to tell you our last show. And I forgot, but uh, got a little sidetracked. But shout out to Steve Harvey, and uh, you know, and Ti. You know, shout out to them for uh, for they they really made some donations to some uh, some single mothers. You know, and shout out to Steve Harvey. He does a lot of good things uh, in our community uh, for uh, for specifically for young men. You know, and uh, and so which is good. You know, I think like I said, you always gotta. If you talk about some some not so good things, you got to definitely shout out the the positive and 
you know, I, I saw a little segment on, on his show where T.I. was there and, you know, uh, you know, he, Steve Harvey, you know, they, they really gave some money out to, to their partners to, uh, to a specific family who was really in need. So, you know, I like that. You know, that's what's up. I mean, you, you check that out, Courtney. You care about that? Yeah, I did. I, I thought it was amazing because you're right. They had the um, single mother on there, and she, you know, she worked like a couple, a few jobs, trying to make ends meet, and she was walking to work, um, you know, walking long distances to work. And so, you know, what they did was they bought her a car, and they wrote a check out to her to pay for rent for one year for um, she and her family. And some other stuff, and I just I thought that that was really good. I know that that was a a huge help to um you know the the woman and her children. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, man. So I mean, what, and that's and again, these are that's collectively is you know just a snippet of what's going on in the world. And if you guys are newer listeners, you know that's what we do. We, we you know there's I have a platform. You know we're blessed to be able to talk to y'all. Whenever we want to, really for however long we want to, whether it's one hour, whether it's two hours, whether it's three hours, we we have that ability. So I feel like I I personally would be remiss if I didn't at least you know take take some time, whether it's an hour at least, just to you know what I mean, just to talk about some stuff that is important, uh, but will not that is not being discussed on a uh, you know a larger platform or mainstream media. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, what I'm saying, I'm not trying to direct attention to me, but seriously, you go back and you listen to the first hour of this show. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you said if you hear other people talking about what we talked about just in this last hour, let me know because I wouldn't tune it. But problem with it is, you ain't gonna. You know what I'm saying? And that's a problem. You know, that's a serious problem because everything that we've been talking about is important. And it and, and needs to be heard. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we'll continue to do it, but just keep in mind. Uh, what else, guys? What else is going on out here? What I want to do, I told you all before, we want to talk a little bit about Valentine's Day. I mean, this is, you know, this is a time when, uh, you know, just from a counseling standpoint, you know, this is our, Courtney and I both, our busiest time of the year, Talbot Relationship Counseling, you know, where we get our phone is ringing off the hook, we're setting up count, uh, you know, sessions, um, doing emotional availability assessments, really because what's happening is um, there's a lot of well, there's a lot there's there's spiritual warfare going on out here. There's you know the devil telling people that you know you're going to be single forever, you're not worthy, you, you know. I mean, you guys know what it is, you know, just those little voices. Even on a Saturday night, um, you know, depression sets in, crying yourself to sleep, you know, different things like that where are all lies, you know, they're all lies that tell you, you know, you should be miserable and nobody wants you and, you know, it has you going back and uh, reflecting on past decisions, past relationships, thinking like, oh, my gosh, was it me and I messed up my opportunity to have love. Someone listening in right now secretly and silently is thinking, wow, dang, like, yeah, that's actually what I've been thinking. Like, yeah, I, I know, and I'm just saying those are all lies. Those are all lies. Those are things that are not true. Um, and so, what we want, what we like to do here on this show is, is you know, obviously talk about things from a biblical standpoint, which is truth. You can't, you can only combat lies with the truth. So, anything you can relate to, Courtney, just before we get into it, just feeling like, 
you'll be single forever, feeling like the decisions you've made in the past are the reason why you're currently single. Um, you've maybe messed up things with someone who could have been your husband when in reality he was just someone who sent, you know, uh, was sent from the enemy to destroy you. Hey, is that anything you can relate to? Absolutely. Um, I can relate to the voices in my head, the enemy telling me that, like you said, that I'll be single forever and um, just painting a false picture of what could have been had I done X, Y, and Z, um, even though I wouldn't have worked out anyways. And I would just listen to it and um, as a result just feel very depressed. It would affect my day. Um, It would affect my mood. And um, just to be honest, it would be some times where I just didn't want to do anything, and I would just lay in bed all day, you know, just out of depression. I wouldn't do the things I knew I needed to do, clean, do different things like that. I wouldn't do that because I was listening to the lies. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's lies out there. And I'm going to do. I'm gonna start doing some more videos on this. Like, you know, definitely the show is cool, but I think that, you know, it's important also to just, you know, discuss this stuff in as many different uh, avenues as possible because people are struggling with this stuff, specifically around this time of year. Obviously, Valentine's Day is, a, you know, a time for love, a time for, you know, companionship, intimacy, and um, so what I wanted to do is just kind of, um, and it's funny, interesting enough, you know, Valentine's Day is also the, is the time when a lot of women reflect on uh, being single. But here's the thing. It's also a time which creates a lot of the reasons why women are single. Because what happens is, you know, you know how it goes. So you're, you're feeling some type of way, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, after the Thanksgiving holiday, after Christmas, leading up to uh, uh, Valentine's Day is very um, unpleasant for me. Um, and even, you know, and just, you know, look up, you know, you're not going to see this talked about in the mainstream media, but really just look up some of these uh, suicide statistics, specifically in the black community, specifically amongst black women. You know, there's a lot of suicidal, uh, I mean, I've personally counseled thousands of women who are who have at one point had suicidal thoughts. I mean, we've had people calling to the show, um, you know, expressing suicidal thoughts. And unfortunately, a lot of those uh, women actually, unfortunately, do end up, you know, killing themselves. But really, be a lot of times, a lot of it has to do with a man, you know, a a, a child's father, a abusive father, you know, a lot of different things. So definitely, you know, you know, pray for that. We need more. You know, go to your church and ask them, hey, I just was wondering, do you guys have a, uh, like, a suicide ministry, like a depression ministry? And, you know, some do, but a lot don't, you know, and that's something I think that we need more of um, is, is just to have the conversation uh, about um, depression, you know, because a lot of times people look at it from a, um, you know, from a, a therapeutic standpoint when and, and not so much you know, a biblical standpoint, a spiritual standpoint. You know, they look at it like more like mental. The focus is, you know, if you look at the media, what's going on around, it's like it's being put on from a mental standpoint. But we got to start praying about this stuff. You know, and just so you guys know, depression really comes from largely um, and, and fundamentally from really believing the lies of the enemy for an elongated period of time, 
Okay, that's really what it is. That's where, just so you know, that's where it comes from. It's, it's okay, the devil telling you you're ugly. The devil telling you you're going to be single forever. You're, you're, you're hopeless. You're worthless. You're powerless. You're a victim. Whatever your situation is, it's, you know, one, being told that, and then it's two, believing that, and for many, for many, believing it since childhood, believing it for multiple years, decades. And then, and then is when it ends up having a, a, a physical effect, right? I mean, then that's where, you know, you hear people talking about different types of drugs and, you know, treatments and things like that. But it, you got to look at where it originates from, you know. And I, from a counseling standpoint, I try to attack it at the root, which is the lies that we believe. You know, and you, 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 you knock out the lie before it even gets to a, a physical standpoint. Uh, you know, a lot of people disagree with that. You know, that's not what, you know, the, the textbook tells you. That's not what I learned in school. That's not what, you know what I'm saying, but how many people, you know what I'm saying, are being taught things from a biblical standpoint in any type of school, you know, so... You know, that's what I do from a counseling standpoint. If you guys are wondering and, you know, maybe you can relate, call me. You know what I'm saying? Email me. But that's, you know, that's that's what drives this, this the, these feelings around Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, how do you avoid? I'll start with you, Courtney. Um, you, know, and I, you know, let's just be honest. I mean, this, this is not, you know, this is not, you know, what a lot of people want to acknowledge that they're tuned into, especially not on a Saturday night. I mean, you know, and I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool with that. Like, I, I mean, I, as long as you just listen, as long as you get the information, I don't need the affirmation, the confirmation. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't need that. As long as somebody right now is listening in, you know what I'm saying? It's like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, this benefits me. This makes me feel better. This gives me hope. That's what's important. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, but, you know, Courtney, you know, have you, ever, first of all, have you ever felt some type of way on Valentine's Day, have you ever gotten played, dealt with someone who had ulterior motives, you know, around this time? Yes, I have. I, I've, I've dealt with um, guys that have played me. Um, I've dealt with – so I've, I've spent, well, most of Valentine's by myself, and even the Valentine's, um, you know, years in the past or whatever, where I've spent it with someone – it was usually just for sex only or, you know, they spent it with me because they didn't have anyone else to spend it with or they just didn't know what they wanted to do with me and I was kind of there with something convenient. So um, it, that's something that I've experienced. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you all, I'm going to give you all some, some, some game, break down some game. In fact, I may even do like a, you know, a, a, that may be my new video, you know, how to avoid getting played on Valentine's Day. That would be a... A nice little a nice little video blog because that's you know that's a a common question a common topic that you know we I often get asked and you know um, and so you know here's the thing I'll tell you about me see I was a different type of guy a lot of guys out here they they become they go into predatory mode you know or it's it's, it's multiple types of guys some guys are the types where they disappear they just want to ignore Valentine's Day they're the ignorer. Right, they don't. They don't. You know, they they turn their phone off. 
they called Sprint and said, hey, look, just deactivate activate my phone for, you know what I mean, for this week. And it tur- just turn me back on afterwards. It's those guys. You know, every time you call them, they're helping their mom move a couch. They got to work overtime. Like, they don't – they just totally, you know, shut themselves off from, from all female – uh, from the whole female species, you know what I'm saying? So from from that uh, standpoint, you got those guys. Um, but then there are guys who go into predatory mode. You know, they actually seek out the miserable, the lonely, the depressed women, the insecure women who would love to have their phone ring around this time, and they and they rekindle things, kind of like what Courtney said, with with the sole purpose of sex. You know, it's like all right, I used to smash it off back in the day, um, you know what I mean? So let me hit her up and, uh, you know, try to get things back and get back into her bed, make her feel like, you know, um, um, I've had a change of heart. I appreciate her worth. Like, you know, it's all BS. And so you got those types of guys. But then you had uh, men like myself who I didn't really care. Like, I was just different. I didn't care one way or the other. Like, I didn't, I definitely wasn't avoiding anybody. Um, and at the same time, I wasn't preying on anybody. But, it, but you know, I actually, I'm not saying this in a braggadocious type of way, but I actually had women, um, they were like, hey, so what's up with you? Uh, nothing. You know what I mean? Just chilling. Oh, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to see what's up. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, I bet you're going out with your girlfriend. No, uh, a girlfriend? Uh, no, I don't really have a girlfriend. Oh, well, I bet you bet you have a lot of girls who want to be your girl. I'm like, yo, what the heck? Like, what are you, crazy? Like, y'all know how to have those conversations. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm just chilling. Like, are you, do you want to do something? Like, are you saying it because you want to? And you want to go out? Like, speak up. Like, what do you? So I had those types. They would hit me up and try to guilt trip me. And, oh, you you took my number, but I see I'm the only one calling you. I, shoot, and that's <laughs> only because I got your number off the caller ID. When like, I'm like, yo, what, what are you? You're tripping. You know, so like that that was me. And so we would like on Valentine's Day hit the club. Like we would go out you know, to the club and, 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 you know, deal with women, you know, the same way we always did and just kind of keep the keep the pipeline stopped, so to speak. And so, you know, no matter, I'll put it to you all like this, no matter what kind of guy you're dealing with, you know, you it's all about respecting yourself. It's all about presenting yourself in a manner uh, of of having worth and having value. Because if you don't value yourself, you know, if you come off as desperate, if you come off as, you know, needy or lonely or depressed, then then you're going to attract the, the predators. You know, for me, it was a turnoff to have women who were, who were preying upon me or women who were just super lonely and needy. I wanted the women who were confident in themselves. You know, and so you, you're just gonna you're gonna attract the type of man based on your emotional state. That's really what it is, you know. And that's that goes for 365 days out the year. That's just all the time, you know. If if you are emotionally unavailable, you hear that term, but just you know, like if you're depressed, you know, like if you feel some type of way, if you're lonely, if you're miserable around Thanksgiving, Christmas, Valentine's Day, you you don't you doubt yourself. 
you're, you're going to be single. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad, but you're not going to attract anyone who wants, who has any type of positive intention towards you. That's just being real. So it, it's imperative. That's why we talk about how to become emotionally available, set up these free counseling sessions like that. That's so important because you can't find, you will never be found by someone who values you if you're devaluing yourself through sex, through insecurity. You know, it's just impossible. You know, but when you're in a, a healthy state, emotionally, spiritually, then you're going to attract somebody who has really good intentions towards you. How do you feel about that, Courtney? I mean, it, it makes sense. And I, I feel like if we just really live by that, we can just avoid the heartbreak. Because just looking back in my past and dating past, just the men, the kind of men that I attracted, as we talk about on the show, liars, cheaters, dogs, manipulators, all of that, I mean, it made sense why I attracted those men and why I allowed those things to happen because of, you know, just where I was emotionally at the I mean, I'm still emotionally unavailable. It's like I don't want to get that twisted, but I'm just saying back then I was dealing with a lot of heavy stuff, and it just makes sense why I was dealing with those types of men. Yeah, you know, and I can appreciate you saying it because I don't want anyone to get that twisted. I mean, <laughs> Courtney is absolutely emotionally unavailable. So let's not even play no games around that. You know what I mean? Let's make that crystal clear. It's like, no, I'm messing with y'all. But, you know, I mean, at the same time, you guys listen in, and that's why you, one of the major reasons why you listen in, because of Courtney's realness. I mean, y'all know me. I keep it real. But at the same time, Courtney keeps it just as real about things that she has struggled with, about things that she does struggle with. And so that's really what it is. You know, I, I don't I, try, I don't put myself up on a pedestal. Courtney doesn't put herself up on a pedestal. We're just, we're all in the same boat. You know what I mean? We're all here trying to get to the same place, you know, which is a better place with God, ultimately to heaven. You know, so nobody is better. I'm not better than anyone. Courtney's, I mean, I don't even need to say that. I mean, Courtney's <laughs> no, definitely no, not better than anyone. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, that's it. So, now, somebody's probably saying right now, like, dang, I thought y'all were going to talk about how to avoid getting played. And that this whole thing just went right over, right over the head for Valentine's Day. That is how you avoid getting played. You got to heal from past hurt, pain, and resentment. You gotta let that emotional wall down. You gotta cut off the male friends. You gotta keep those legs closed. Because there's so much sex that goes down, you know, out here around these holidays. I mean, and, I mean, nobody talks about it, but I mean, it, the, the amount of sex that happens, I'm not talking about sex, I'm talking about, you know, just just, like, meaningless sex. I'm not even talking about just fornication. Like, all right, you know, you're dating somebody. Like, you're actually dating somebody. Like, or you're actually in a relationship with somebody. I mean, it's all wrong, but we're not even seeing that nowadays. Now we're seeing, like, you know, I've, I'm lonely. I've been lonely for a couple months now. I can't stand putting myself to sleep with my, with my, with my rabbit in the bottom sock drawer the vibrator, the bullet, like, I'm sick of that. 
I, I'm sick and tired of my news feed and people planning their Valentine's Day plans with their boyfriends and their husbands and their fiancés. I'm just so sick and tired of it. So the first person that even calls me, the first person that even offers to take me out, I'm giving up their ass. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that type of sex. <laughs> I'm not even talking about, hey, we've been talking, we've been dating. Hey, you know, we're not together yet, but we probably will. Y'all, y'all know y'all not going to be together. Y'all just talking about, look, I just want some type of male companionship tonight. I'm saving some of y'all right now by this show. Because y'all know, darn what, a week before Valentine's Day can be the loneliest time of the year for some. And it, if somebody even texts, y'all ever, do, y'all ever get a text? Y'all get the text. You pick up the phone and call. He's like, yo, what the heck? That's like, yo, just so y'all know, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in life. That just irks my soul. You know what I mean? Like people, like they, you know, I, I'll text, but they'll call. Like, yo, obviously I don't want to talk to you. I, that's why I'm texting. Like, oh, yeah, I saw you. What's up? They wouldn't even say that. He's like, oh, yeah, what's up? Like, what you mean? <laughs> what you mean, what's up? I, I texted you, what's up? Like, whatever I text you, that's what's up. What you calling me for? They're like, oh, no, nah, I just wanted, I figured I would just call out. And then they try to make it seem like it's actually a good, like, no, nah, I was, you know, I'm driving, so, you know, I just figured I'd call you. I don't, I don't care if you're on the moon. I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. I don't want to talk to you. I was like, oh, no, I'm, no, I'm doing my hair right now, so I'm on my way out. On your way out, you, you're not going nowhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why you're calling, trying to get me to come over here. Now, what you doing your hair for? Talking about I'm doing my hair. No, darn well, you got the fake Louis Vuitton uh, scarf on. I know them fake Louis scarves that y'all be wrapping your heads up in there that you got from the Chinese store for two ninety nine, three for 5 that's the joke Courtney got. Three for five. It's not even the LV on it. That is, what the heck is that? What is, what's that design on the fake Louis show? It got the colors, but it ain't the LV. I'm like, man, how you got the Gucci scarf with no G's on it? I'm like, what the heck kind of scarf is that? Like some of these women, I go over to, uh, back, uh, back in the day, let me clarify. I go over there. You know what I'm saying? They they already got their hair wrapped up. Let me just can I can I can I, can I take it back for a second? If y'all don't mind, it's Saturday Night Live, man. Can I take it back to my man, me and my man Gerald? If if you no, know, just for a second. And this is for the freaks out. And this you no know, no disrespect, but we know what it is. There's a lot of sex going on out here. And just so you know, ladies, if you're going to have this sex and you, you got the late-night booty call play, okay, we understand that you got to get up and go to church and get your praise on in the morning, and you don't want to sweat out your hair because you already got your outfit laid out for church, but you're still making a booty call, but you don't, you got to sing on the choir tomorrow, so you don't want to have your hair sweat out, so you wrap your hair up. Well, don't, just so you know, guys, that actually defeats the purpose of the late-night booty call. Can I, I mean, can I get... That went over some people's heads. So I'm gonna, let me just break it down. Because people need to understand the the mentality, the psychology of some of these late-night booty calls. See, men, ladies, like being out. We like the thrill of the chase. We like fantasies. We like, you know, knowing that we can go out and see a beautiful woman 
And, like, that that's why there's so much first date sex that goes down because it's like the illusion, the fantasy is there. The newness of it all is there. So if a man is going to forego all of that, you know, the the, the opportunity, like take a night like tonight. There were many times where I was faced with a Saturday night where I could either go out and meet, you know, countless beautiful women and take a chance at, you know, maybe bringing one back to the crib or, you know, interacting with them on an ongoing basis or go over to someone's house for a basically a guaranteed booty call. But so if a man is going to do that, you know, forego all the the excitement, so to speak, just to chill with you, which really isn't that enjoyable if you're if you're being if we're being honest, because men know this. This is a lot of women are like, oh yeah, he, he I'm letting I'm letting him come over on a Saturday. That's not. You're not doing us a favor. The real, the real pleasure is actually going out if you're in that stage. Now, if you are in, in that ready-to-settle-down stage, coming over on a Saturday night with the sole purpose of smashing, y'all be out on the actual real date if y'all really want to be real about it. So no matter how you look at it, you're not doing this guy any favors by giving him the ass on the Saturday night. I'm just telling y'all. What we really want is to be with that one true woman that we're going to be with and really be able to take out, okay, actually on Valentine's Day. So if, you're, if you are the booty call on the Thursday before the Wednesday or Tuesday night before the previous Friday before Valentine's Day, that is not anything special, okay? But where I was going with that, don't, I didn't forget about the fake Louis scarves. You got to take this. If we're going to do it, if we're going to pass up the Bernice Burgoses of the world, and y'all, you know, you can Google her when you get a chance, the, the, the beautiful women of the world, ladies, you know, going out on the town, but we go to, we end up coming to your, your one bedroom apartment where you've got the smell goods, the bath and body works, candles and all that. If, I mean, if we're going to forget all that other stuff, take off this scarf, please. <laughs> please take off this scarf. You know what I mean? And I'm just, just if you're going <laughs> to fornicate, if you're going to do it, please don't mess it up. I mean, come on, if you're going to fornicate, <laughs> come on. If you're going to wake up feeling like crap, you know, you already got your outfit ironed out for nothing. Because you know darn well, once the sex goes down, you ain't going to church. <laughs> You said, look, I'm sad. I I can't sing today on the choir, Pastor. My my throat is a little scratchy. No, your throat ain't scratchy. It's just that you got the conviction going on from the late night sex. All I'm saying, if you're going to miss church, you're going to miss out on your solo that you were supposed to sing the next day for some sex. At least don't mess it up with having the fake Gucci, the fake Louis scarf on, because it's not it's not enjoyable. The thing smells like you know mold. <laughs> I told y'all before, Courtney don't wash that scarf. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I never even I just know Courtney. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't even I just mm-hmm. know that scarf don't get washed. Mm-mm. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you gotta wash it. Y'all just you know wear it and wear it and wear it and then just buy it and go back to the Chinese. You know what I mean? And buy another three for five. But at least, just take it off. 
It's not in. Listen, listen to what I'm just <laughs> listen to what I'm saying. Because I don't want there to be any confusion. There's no such thing as good sex when that head is wrapped up with the fake Gucci scarf. It's not good. He doesn't enjoy it. In fact, he's probably fantasizing about someone else. He's wishing. He's like, why did I even come here? He's saying, dang, I wish I could have just gone out with the homies. He's like, matter of fact, let me just hurry up, and I can still make it out. Yo, dude, where y'all at? Help. He's doing a 911 text. Like, yo, help me. Save me. <laughs> you like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put it on this dude. He's talking about some save me. He don't even want to be there. Oh, man, so many women put such a high price tag on sex. And these men just be looking like, y'all, y'all have, sometimes we as men, man, we give y'all courtesy sex. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest with y'all. We just do it out of pity. You like, yo, I, I, and listen, I'm just telling y'all, I used to do this. Like, we don't even want to be there. A lot, whereas women are thinking, yeah, I'm going to get this nigga some. I'm going to put it on him. Yeah, I'm going to make him work for this. How do you make someone work for something that he doesn't even want to begin with? And you got the scarf on top of it. <laughs> He'd be pissed off. That, I mean, so just don't do it. Don't, first of all, don't don't fornicate, but don't not go to church to give somebody, the, the you know, the cheeks. You know what I mean? And it's better to just go to church. Go ahead with the original plan. You already ironed. Some of y'all be iron. Y'all be hyped by going to church too, but I tell you, it'd be it'd be like it'd be like two o'clock in the afternoon. You ironing your dress, like that. Yeah, I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna get me a word. Next thing you know, the text comes to. You know what I mean? Text comes. Oh, yeah. You don't even know who it is, but you just know like that. Y'all get the conviction when when you look down at the at the cell phone. Y'all, because you already know what's up. You already know. You already know you ain't telling no. Y'all know how you like, yo, please don't let him call. Don't let him call. Don't let him call. Don't let him call. Because if he calls, it's on. If he don't call, I'm cool. I can go to church. But come on, ladies, keep it real. I'm going to do like the pastor does. I just want somebody to call. I just want to know, is there one? Is someone willing to call into the show tonight and admit if he calls, it's going down? I just want to know, man. It's, you know what I'm saying? I, mean, I already know. You know, Courtney. I, I want someone else to be honest with you for real. Because y'all know how it goes down. Well, not what the boys say. We talked about the other night. It goes down in the DM. Nowadays, it ain't even the text. It's a direct message. Y'all, got, y'all setting up sex in a direct message. How y'all setting up sex on a direct <laughs> message Instagram? Forget Facebook. Y'all got y'all got the DM popping. Oh man! Oh. Um, see, see, the reason why I, I'm able to keep it this real is because again, like I I've done this. Like you know what I mean? I'm not proud of that, but like this is what I, you know, this is the life that I used to live. Like Saturday night, it was. I mean, forget even as an adult. Like in college, you know, in college we used to literally. You know, go to the parties, meet five or six different women, but then come back to the crib, you know, with the homies, you know, or the dorm room or whatever, huddle up. We'd all break out our little black books. Because back in, what, 96, 97, wasn't no cell phones. We had the, literally the black books with the stars next to them. 
And we would just, you know, flip through. All right, let me see. Who can I call? And back then it wasn't the phone number. It was just the last four digits of the the campus phone number. Just call them up, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. What's up? But literally, it will be multiple options. So all, I say all that to say, ladies, just understand that, you know, it's not, you know, at all, um, you know, these men being pressed about getting sex from you, especially around Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, it's like a shooting gallery. You just, you just take your pick, you know, as men. We just, you know, literally, because we know what it is. Like, we know the emotional you know, instability, the spiritual warfare that, that exists around this time. It's like, who do, it's not who can I call, it's who do I want to call. And so to answer the original question, how do you avoid getting played on Valentine's Day is really just to respect yourself, really just to understand that, hey, look, there's nothing positive that can come from any form of sex. You know, it's not going to make me feel better. It's not going to lead to any type of love. And, in fact, it's only going to cause me to be viewed in the worst possible way. You know, because we know what it is. Like, if we if we as men are looking for love, we already know the women are looking for love. But if you're subjecting yourself to just being somebody's Valentine's Day booty call, I mean, how, what kind of respect do you think that man is going to have for you if if he, in fact, is the person having sex with you the night before, but then has the, his main chick that he's taken out on an actual real date. Oh, it definitely goes down like that. Like, you know, sex on Friday night, Valentine's Day, you know, in you know, dinner, movies, whatever, Saturday night. It's not right, but it's real. The, you know, the question is, is that going to be your story? Because the game don't change. The game will never change. They, men will never change. A lot of women, they, 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 they stress themselves out trying to figure out how to change something that is not meant to be changed. They focus so much on changing the liars, the dogs. Like, oh, what about the men? I said, what about them? They just want the sex. That's what it is. You know, the question is, how do you be found by the very, very, very small percentage of truly great men out here, true men of God out here. It's a very small percentage. The question is, will you be the small percentage that actually gets found by them? It's not about, oh, why don't you get some advice to these guys, tell them how to treat a woman. They don't. They know how to treat a woman. They'll treat their wife fine in about five years or, you know, or even in six months. The problem is they just don't see you as that woman. You know, I mean, that's really what it all comes down to, guys. There's, there's no, you know, science to it. There's no magic. It's just this is what it is. You know, you got to be a quality woman, and you will attract a quality man. The problem with it is, it, you know, and we just talked about this in the, uh, in the video blog, you know, the, the, the things that society, you know, puts at the top of the list as far as what makes a quality woman, that's, that's a very – it's very different from what we as men view as a quality woman. You at one point thought, you know, back in the day, you were a quality woman, am I right? Yeah, I did. You know, I thought because, you know, my education and, you know, things like that, I was a quality woman and I thought that, you know, I had to make these men work for it. And I was that woman that (laughs) really, I mean, I really just was feeling myself. 
and I was also the one that wore a scarf. <laughs> So don't don't um, even finish that story. I'm not, hold wait, I'm hold not. on, are you are you saying you used to get the booty call, but mess up the booty call by wearing a fake Gucci scarf? It, well, it was actually um, it was like a pink and green scarf with big flowers on it. But um, yeah, I would wear the scarf during sex. Like I did it. I did it multiple times. Did it a lot. But since he didn't say anything, I thought it was okay. I didn't think anything of it at the time. You said you said with pink. You said pink and green. Yeah, a pink and green scarf with like flowers on it. You see, see, watch this. Now I'm about to look out in the group. I'm gonna I'm gonna post it in the group. Courtney had the fake Gucci scarf. Cause watch this. The pink and you know Gucci is red and green, but the fake. It was actually pink. It was like a, you know, a fuchsia. It wasn't red. Gucci is red. You know, the 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 fake one had a little pinkish tint to it, and but the but the little G wasn't the G. The Gucci G. It was flowers where the G should be. You know what I'm saying? Really? That's what that was. Oh yeah. Oh, that, oh, trust me. Believe me. I've seen my fair share. I'm fake Gucci scarves. I know it. I'm Googling right now. Don't let me actually find. I just Google fake Gucci scarf, and I'm scrolling through and trying to find an appropriate picture of uh, of what it actually looks like. Oh, but I'll find it. You know, ghetto, let me just ghetto head wraps. Maybe that'll come up. You know what I mean? But that's what it is. So why, why would you do that? I mean, you, what, what were you trying to do, preserve your hairstyle? Yes, absolutely. Um, I had like a, I had a sew-in that I had just got done, and I wanted to keep it like looking nice, so I wrapped it beforehand and put a scarf on. And I just never took it off. I never took it off. I was just did, like, did it, yo, it, I, I, uh huh. Let me just ask you: this. At any point, did you ever consider, like, wow, this might not be? his ideal image of how he would prefer? <laughs> no, because I didn't think he was paying attention to my head like that. Like, you know, I'm like, this is just sex for him, so it's not like he's going to really care if I have a headscarf on or not. Like, it is what it is. So, Can I be real yeah. with y'all out there? I'm going to be real with y'all. And we, we, we spend a lot of time or have spent a lot of time over the years talking about you know, um, interracial dating and things like that. But it's impossible to really talk about interracial dating and things of that nature really without keeping it 100% real as far as some of the the real reasons. And, I mean, y- I mean, yes, we're having some fun with it. Yes, we're joking around. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, I've had this conversation with me. Like, I'm, I'm not even I'm, – this is PG right here. I'm just sugarcoating this stuff. You think I'm being real, but – I haven't even scratched the surface, you know, but the real reason is men, this is like the stuff no, no man will really tell y'all. But one of the major reasons why men date women outside of their race in many cases is is because of these scars. Y'all think that some, uh, what? Y'all think I'm, you know, that's shallow. They, hey, you can call it what you want, but I'm just saying it's a lot of times white women, you know, they, they don't wrap their hair up. They've got that natural look. You don't have to worry about the weaves. You know, you can actually go over there, and, and I cannot tell y'all enough, ladies. I'm not knocking y'all, but 
the smell of hair, natural hair, fresh out the shower, freshly shampooed, you know, is like the best thing in the world. You know what I mean? It's like the best thing in the world. You know, and I'm not again. If you don't have that that grade of hair, that's you know what I mean. It, it is what it. But I'm just saying that that's like the best thing in the world. You know, and so when men look forward to that, you, you know, you don't want to ruin it. You, you guys get what I'm saying? But I know it can be uncomfortable, and a lot of women, I'm not listening to him anymore after this. I hate him. I got my damn scarf on right now. And he talking about some scarf. I'm sorry. But wouldn't you put it like this? Wouldn't you rather know what it really is as opposed to thinking that that scarf is actually enjoyable? But see, the problem, I mean, think about it. Like the guy came over to smash off Courtney. He's not going to tell her, uh, mind taking off this scarf? You see, like, see, as a but as a married man, I I can do that. Like, I'll tell them, like, yo, I'll rip it off. I'll just rip her scarf off. Like, I don't care. It's like, no, I'm playing with y'all. Man. I don't want. I, see, I messed up. I'll be down on the couch with Cabo now. You know what I mean? The Cabo is the dog. If you guys don't know, <laughs> somebody said, yeah, you. Chill. No, man, but I'm just saying, you got to know what it is, man. You got to know what men want. And I and that's this is just scratching the surface of the the divide and the disconnect that exists between men and women on the you know on, on just dating and relationships, you know. And men are afraid to t- to tell women these things. Women are are in many cases afraid to know because it would actually require some form of change that they're really, in many cases not willing to make. That's why these weave and wig discussions always get so heated because, you know, nobody wants to hear, hey, look, this is what I want, but in order to give me what I want, I have to change what may, what I have historically been comfortable with doing. And so it's easier to debate than to say, wow, this is what they want, and if I want a man or if I want, you know, because the, the thing about it is the truth, with pro, you know, for fear of being cliche, I mean, the truth does hurt. And the truth is, uh, unfortunately, uncomfortable in most circumstances. You know, it is weird. But these are all, um, you know, these all fall under the category of how to avoid being played, how to avoid being used, how to avoid being strung along. I mean, I know women who, honestly, I know I know men, myself included, at times in my life for, I don't like the term being, uh, that, whole, that whole thing, being strung along. I don't really don't like that term. Because you can't string someone along. Women string themselves along. You know, women look at things that, you know, obviously they're not happy with and say, you know what, I'm going to make a decision to stay. You know, so that's not a man's doing. That's a woman and a man making a decision to engage themselves in in certain behaviors. You know, the man not wanting to commit or not wanting to take that commitment to the next level, the woman not wanting to walk away and and saying, hey, look, I'm going to make a choice to settle by staying in this situation in which I'm clearly not being fulfilled emotionally, spiritually or whatever, sexually, whatever the case is. You know, but the reality is a lot of men will stay in these situations but not commit specifically because of, some form of physical appearance. I've had men, I mean, and this again, none of this is right. 
none of this is how it should be. Let me just preface this by saying, I mean, I've had women say, and this is, I really hate to say this because it's not right. It is shallow. But you know, I don't even know. I'm not even going to say it because I was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's so bad. It's so bad. But some men are just bastards, you know, and, and y'all have no idea. Like, is, like, ladies, pick the worst possible man that you know or that you've dealt with. And I could tell you stories about men who are ten times worse that you've actually dealt with, but you just didn't know they were at that level of bastardom, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody who tuned into our special on uh, how to avoid dealing with a low-down, dirty bastard. That's all I, I keep rebroadcasting that every few months just because that's just the, you know, the classic show because some men are actually bastards. But um, no, I was going to say, some some men have said, like, yeah, I, I mean, I ain't going to hold you, man. I, if, if she was, she lost 15 pounds, I'll wipe her up. You know what I'm saying? If her head was better, like if she actually was better in bed, I, shoot, man, I'll, I'll put a ring on it. But her sex game is bad. I ain't wiping her. I'm just going to keep smashing and knock off this other chick in the meantime. I've had men, like, men have actually said that. You know, it's like, man, I, I ain't feeling that weave, man. If she didn't wear that weave or she took them, them locks out, them braids out, you know, whatever the case was at that time, yeah, I'll probably wipe from. I've had men say, man, if she was light-skinned, we wouldn't even be having this problem. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's 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 horrible. No, yo, you, I'm telling you. Like, I'm not making none of this up. I will put my hand on the Bible right now. I've I've heard all of those things said at various points from different types of men who were dealing with women very much so like the women who listen to this show every night. You know, I'm just keep, I'm just the man who's going to tell y'all that what's actually being said. Can you believe that though? If she was light skinned, that's like, that's some hating stuff right there. That's just like, you, you, you hate yourself. I can't say he hates himself. It's just, but that person has a very shallow, um, I mean, they're just a bastard. I mean, they're just a bastard. If somebody says something, if someone feels like that, they're just a bastard. But at the same time, and I'll I'll say this, uh, you, as a woman, you have to know, you got to know how you're being viewed. And how you're being viewed will be able to be seen by that man's actions. Now, you may not know exactly all of the different factors that play a role in how you're being viewed and what that man's intention is for you, but at the same time, you know, you need to know, you know what I'm saying, that he he isn't, he might like petite women. I'm a little bit thick. You know, he likes a woman, women with natural long hair, but my hair is short, so maybe he just, I'm not the one for him. You know, maybe... He likes short girls, but I'm a little bit taller. Like that's, but you know, and so men will. The, the the worst part about men is that those are major things to to a lot of men, and those some of those things will actually be the difference between whether or not they wipe you up versus whether they uh, just have sex with you. But the key is knowing: is he gonna wife me? Am I being viewed as his future wife, or is this just sex? Like I said, you may not know all the reasons why. How do you say, as a woman, Courtney, like like I said, you're not going to have too many women say, dang, wow, like, 
That's crazy. But, like, well, not publicly at least, but how do you feel as a woman hearing that? Um, I don't feel anything, to be honest. Like, I don't feel bothered by it. I mean, I just feel like it is what it is. Um, You know, it's not surprising to me. Like, I look at it like this. Like, yeah, guys will say that, you know, they won't wipe you up because of X, Y, and Z. But then I also look at it as, you know, men having preferences, like everybody else. So I think that plays a small part of it. So when you said before somebody said, a guy said, well, I'd wife her and she was light-skinned, okay. I mean, that's that doesn't bother me. But I think that for some women it does bother them because they start to look internally and feel like just because of their physical appearance, they feel like, oh, well, something is wrong with me because I'm not light-skinned or because I'm not shorter and things like that, things that are beyond their control. And that's what I hate to see. Yeah, this, uh, you know, I'll tell you all this last thing about that topic is that this is a good example of one of the major reasons why, you know, the Bible speaks so, so much about sex and fornication and the importance of avoiding and and running and fleeing from sin and, and all forms of temptation because of the the discrepancy, the disconnect, the divide that exists between how men and women think, you know, it's just like it's so vast, you know, like when you introduce sex into dating and relationships, you know, it, uh, it, it, there's no way, there's no possible way for it to be positive because of the difference in how men view women, um, you know, after sex. You know, and so, you, you know, it's just not a good idea. Um, I can't stress enough uh, the importance of just, you know, celibacy, keeping those legs closed, n- you know, not giving off that sexual vibe, um, because that's often worse than sex. It's like there's nothing worse than a woman who who flirts and who gives off a sexual vibe, gives the illusion of sex, but then doesn't, you know, want to let you have sex with her. You know, she wants to let you grind on her. She wants to, you know, let you eat her out. You know, just just crazy stuff. You know, I let him play with, you know, my chest or, you know, y'all know how y'all do. You know, and, and, uh, for a lot of women, that that is the equivalent of, quote, unquote, him working for it. Or, you know, I, was like, think, I mean, really think about it. What does that even mean? Like, oh, I'm going to make him work for it. Like, a lot of times all that does it because he doesn't actually do any work per se. All that really means is, oh, I'm going to make you think you're getting it a couple of times, you know, before I actually uh, give it to you. I'm actually, I'm just going to give you blue balls and then, you know, three straight times. And then if you stick around, you know, that means that you really do care about me. So, I mean, let's keep it real because these women nowadays, it's not, it's not any real work that goes into getting the sex. It's just I'm a, I'm gonna get you into that environment a couple of times, you know, and, and then and, and then I'll give it up. A lot of times what they don't what they don't factor in is what I call the uh the for color girl syndrome. You know what I'm saying? It's yo, I'm just saying. You a lot of women play that game not knowing that they're dealing with a psycho, not knowing that they're dealing with a bastard, a rapist. 
You know, it's, it's crazy out here. You ever see one eight seven, Courtney? Samuel L. Jackson. Um, yeah, actually, I have, but I don't remember it too well. Oh man, I mean that, that type of stuff, man. That actually happened to me. I don't know if y'all remember. That's a classic movie right there. Might mess around and watch that later on. You know, because I don't think I don't think Danny's seen that. But uh, yeah, Sam goes into the kitchen. He's a tutor. He's a teacher. Not a tutor, a teacher. He's there, but he's there to tutor. He goes into the room. She comes. He comes back out. She's butt naked on the couch. He's like, "Whoa, what you what you doing? Put your clothes on." You know, a lot of women will do that type of stuff and then expect you not to, you know, not to want sex. It's like, what the heck? And then you know, then he's a rapist when something goes down. And then you're Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, and Desiree White. You know what I mean? Just crazy stuff. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Let's keep moving. A couple other things, man. A couple other uh, questions, a couple other topics, man. We're just talking tonight on Saturday Night Live here on the Dayton Tolbert Show. This is what we do. And I try to I try to make Saturday nights, you know, like I said, there's only a handful of, of in history, in our whole 10 years, there's only, literally, I want to say less than five. This might be the fifth live Saturday Night Live that we've ever done, to be quite honest with you all. So I try to make them a little bit extra real, you know what I mean? Because we don't, you know, I know I'm busy on Saturday nights a lot of time. <laughs> we we know you guys are busy a lot of times on Saturday nights. So um, and we all know Courtney. I'd be like, yo, I'd be hitting Courtney. I'd be like, yo, Courtney, what's up? <laughs> Trying to do a, uh, what you think about a live show tonight? Uh, Whoa, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I got a date tonight. So I'm like, hey, Courtney, I mean, we, we haven't been live in a while. We, we go a week without. Well, listen, I do a show every night. It'd be Courtney. Courtney be the one. She'd be lazy. She'd be having dates. She'd be creeping. I'd be like, Courtney. I mean, at some point, you, I'm like, you tell me. I, I know it's the date on Tolbert show, but you tell me what's good for you. You know what I mean? You tell me what's good. When, when did you want to do a show? You know what I mean? I was like, all right, cool. I work on your schedule. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, though. Um, there's another question that we that we had here. Um, well, actually, not a question, but a situation from actually earlier today in the group, and I want to actually try to find it. But it was pertaining to uh, women dating different types of men. What what would you be most likely to to date? Did you did you get a chance to see that particular thread, Courtney? Yes. The which man would you choose? And it was like an A, B, and C. That one. What were the A? Yeah. What were the A, B, and Cs? Can you uh, do you remember what they were off the top of your head? Yes. Yeah, so A. So the question was, which man would you choose? A. You're the only woman interested in him. He's always lonely and has no hoes. B. He has a few women after him. Goes on dates occasionally, but nothing serious. Or C. He's a ladies' man. All the women want him. He has options, but is still single. Which would you choose? Now, Courtney, you start off. What, which one is most appealing or attractive to you? The what? The man with no hoes, the man who has a couple hoes. It says you know, few women chase after him or whatever. Or the guy who's just out and about. For me, it's B, the man that has a few women. Have a couple of holes, basically. Um, goes on dates occasionally, but nothing serious. 
And the reason I said that was because, I mean, that's, that makes sense because as we talk about on the show, men are looking for wives. You guys are hunters, so that means that you're looking for women. So to do that, I mean, it would be understandable that you have women that you're talking to, going on dates with. I get that part of it. Um, and, you know, nothing serious. I get that. Um, and I like that best because it's better than A. I don't want a man that no other woman wants. I, I just don't. And then it says he's always lonely. And that says to me, you could be single, but just being lonely, that's another thing. To me, it seems like it's um, depression and it's some other deep-rooted issues that I nor any other woman wants to deal with. And then C, I don't want a ladies' man uh, a man that's just kind of all over the place because he's still a player. It seems like he's still in the player stage, so he's not ready to settle down. Um, so that's why I said B. All right. <clears throat> I told you all on the thread, and I have it up here. I told you all on that particular thread, and, again, it's over in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group on Facebook. If you guys aren't in there already, go ahead and add yourselves. Uh, only if you're not a psycho, you know, I mean, only if you love Jesus Christ, you know, enjoy talking about things from a real perspective, um, you know. But so but I was on that thread. And if you look at it, if you saw it, the vast majority of responses to this question from women were actually saying A. Now, and I told you, I didn't really feel like, I told you, I don't like typing, so I just told you all to tune in if you all really want to know what's up. But what I said was is that, you know the women who are choose who are dealing with a are mo- are basically dealing with a loser you know and i'm i'm going to see and I'm, there's a lot to that that's why I wanted to just talk about it as opposed to typing because one of the things that you got to realize is okay he's you're the only woman interested in him he's always lonely first of all i don't even know where to begin with that when you're talking about someone who is a true man of god Okay, he that one he's not he's going to fellowship. He's going to be out and about, whether that's uh, at church, whether that's hanging out with friends, you know, Christian brothers, uh, organizing things. He's going to have a passion. He's going to have a ministry. He's going to be doing things. He's going to be a mover. He's going to be a shaker. He's going to be an entrepreneur, or at least you know, successful in some level. So if you're lonely, that means you have no life. That means you have um, you're not there's a there's some type of disconnect with what your calling is, with what your passion is. How, if you're lonely, then you don't have enough to do. My mom always used to tell me, if you're bored, you ain't got enough to do. Here, come here, let me give you something to do. If you're bored or you're like, you know what I'm saying, you, you, you need something to do. You gotta, you could be reaching out to somebody. Where's your spiritual sisters? Where's your, your, your brothers in Christ? Like, you know what I'm saying? So there's not, you know what I'm saying, if you're a man, you know what I'm saying, and you're lonely, you know, that's there's a lot to that. But, you know, now having no hoes, okay, is not a bad thing. It's good to not have any hoes, okay, uh, you know, as the as far as the definition of hoes go. But let's be honest, ladies. We are, at the same time, we're hunters. We And I'm not going to sugarcoat this stuff for you all because I want you all to understand what it is. You know, we as men are, are hunters. We're looking... Like, like for a wife, you know, almost like that's our main priority. Anybody tells you differently, they're lying to you. 
you know, I want to hurry up and finish school. I want to work on my career. I mean, that's all well and good, but at the end of the day, these men want wives. And nobody puts the search for a wife on the back burner for anything. Okay, don't believe. If he tells you, I don't care who says it. I mean, they're lying to you. They've, either they're lying to you or they're lying to themselves. But all men out here want a wife, okay? And if even if they're multitasking, because multitasking and putting something on the back burner are two different things. But that's, that search for a wife never stops. So my point being is that if we as men are searching for a wife, okay, but but at the same time, we're not. We're coming up empty. It's like a fisherman with no fish. You know what I'm saying? If you're looking for a wife, you're a hunter for a wife. But you ain't. You're not dating any women. You don't have any any women in the pipeline. You're not talking to anybody. You're not. I mean, that's something wrong with you. That's a problem with you as a man. There's something. There's a disconnect with your with your level of spiritual, uh, you know, connection with God. I mean, God God provides a wife. You gotta get out there. It's not for a woman. If you notice, we talk about how to prepare yourself to be found. That's our whole thing here. But that's not what we're doing here with men. We as men, yeah, you got to prepare yourself. But at the end of the day, we have to make it happen. We have to be the aggressor. We have to be the, uh, uh, I'm not going to say the chaser or the pursuer, but we have to uh, make things, bring things to fruition, okay? It takes hard work to find a way. So if you look at this, you know, this category here, you know, he's always lonely. He has no hoes, no women. He's not dating anybody. I mean, what does that really say about him as a hunter? What does that say if, if no one wants him, if no one's interested? You got to look at, you know, what women are attracted to, especially women in the church. You know, good women. If you're a good woman, you're going, what do you want in a, in a husband? I've already, you know, I've heard this answer thousands of times. Most women out here want a man who has a relationship with God. They want someone who's attractive. They want someone who's, you know, family-oriented, personable, funny, humorous, um, you know, maybe wants a family, uh, you know, uh, ambitious, hard worker, responsible, you know, you know the whole that whole thing. So you figure if if he has those qualities, why would you be the only woman that's interested in him? And if he doesn't have those qualities, then what does that mean that he is, Courtney? Um, not the man for you. Right. A <laughs> not loser. the man that got sent to you. Yeah. Right. A loser. He's a loser. So why are y'all choosing somebody who's a loser? You know what you're attracted to. So if you're attracted to him because you see certain qualities in him, why would other women not see those same qualities in him. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. So why do multiple women, I'm not going to put anybody out here, but why would you want someone who nobody else wants? That just makes no sense whatsoever. None whatsoever. I mean, actually, you know, it actually makes perfect sense, but it's not right. Well, I can't say it's not right because it's your prerogative, but I'm just saying it's, it's not cool. It doesn't make sense. Well, I'll tell you what, what sense it makes. This is what it is. Because you look at the other choices, it actually makes perfect sense. A lot of women, let's keep it real, um, have had a best friend sleep with their man. They've had men who have had wandering eyes 
many women have been cheated on, most women have been cheated on. Um, you know, they've experienced being dogged by the player, dogged by the ladies' man, the man. They've been cheated on with hoes, you know, or had men cheat on them with, with hoes. So it's like, you know, they don't want to duplicate those experiences. So they say, well, you know, to to avoid that, I won't date the guy who has a lot of women. I won't even date the attractive guy. I want somebody who's a hermit. You know what I'm saying? I want to date somebody that nobody else wants but could just love me. And let's keep it extra real. A lot of, I mean, you know, you know, if we're going to really be real tonight, which we definitely do, let's keep it real. A lot of women, this is an uncomfortable pill to swallow for many, but they themselves have certain self-esteem issues, certain physical issues, maybe certain abnormalities. I mean, come on, you know, we're being honest. And so for them, it's they they have lost faith in God that he will bless them with who they really want. So they say, you know what, I still want love. I'm okay with dating. I don't need Stefan. I just date Steve Urkel. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wanted Stefan, but when he was Urkel, nobody wanted. He said, you know, I'm I'm cool with Urkel. Because I know I, I'm, you know what I'm saying, I don't really feel, I, I don't feel, really feel how I want to feel about myself. So I, I'm okay with dating somebody that nobody else wants. But then you got to ask them, why does nobody else want him? Is he ugly? Is he unambitious? Is he lazy? Why would you want someone like that? The only reason for that would be if there are certain insecurities that exist within you. So that's really what it is. I mean, and if anything, I would think that women would at least say B, but that's, I mean, come on, those insecurities for many, you know, they, that won't even, they won't even allow them choose B because of those insecurities. Let me just tell you this. A lot of women, most women in today's society have been taught that they should be the man's one, or they want to be the only woman. They don't want to date a guy who's a player or who dates around. But at the same time, women got these male friends, these friends with benefits, these guys they just talk to, these guys they go on dates with. But let, but they don't. But the moment they find out that he's dating multiple women, it's like, oh, he's a player, he's a dog. Like what? You just you've been on three, four days just this week. How many free meals have you had this month? But they want to be the only one. So they don't like B. He has a few women after him. A lot of women, they doubt themselves to the point where they don't think, they, they're not confident that they'll be chosen out of those three or four other women that he's dating occasionally, but none serious. They have a fear that they themselves will not end up being serious. So they say, hmm. I don't really like being, I don't like that. No, I don't like that. He has a few other women. If he's got a few other women, he might actually choose one of those other women, and I might be the one that's not that serious. So, mm-mm. Nah, give me the hermit. Give me the one with no hoes. Mm-mm. Now, they said, now, they they said C. I'll tell you, see, C is really who y'all want to be with. Most people didn't say C. Most women didn't say C. But guess who Guess who you're listening to right now? And I'm not, come on, I'm not being, I'm just saying. 
You know what I mean? I actually was, a, you know, a C. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, I I had a number of different women at, you know, throughout my life because of different things that drew, you know, women to me. You know, I was single for a large part of my life. I was uh, reaping the benefits of that single lifestyle, okay? You know, but at the same time, I still wanted love. And I think that's the that's the point that a lot of women don't understand. They don't understand that even if somebody's a ladies' man, even if somebody has all the women that want him, they don't understand that even that man would love to kick all those women to the curb and settle down with one special woman. See, a lot of women have had their fair share of players, men in the player stage. But they don't understand that even the man in the player stage will one day be in the ready-to-settle-down stage, and then it will be up to that woman to differentiate herself. Because even all these, one of the things that I realize, A, B, and C are all going to have a wife one day. You see that one? The hermit, the guy who goes on dates occasionally, or the players, or the, or the ladies' man. They're all going to have one wife. Let's just say hypothetically they're all Christian men, but just, you know, different have different ways about them. They're all they're all gonna settle down and be good men, good husbands, good fathers at some point. The problem with it is a lot of women are doubting themselves about whether or not they can elevate themselves to the top of the totem pole to be that chosen one. So that's the I mean, if you really wanna know. That's the real reason a lot of women said, hey, nobody's going to post that on the thread. Nobody's going to type all that out. No one's going to say, hey, Daydon, you're right. I do have some insecurities about what I bring to the table as a woman and, you know, what, why I, what I could do to differentiate myself from other women who have similar qualities that I have. So that's why I want someone that nobody else wants because they don't think they could win a competition. You know, whereas certain types of men – I, you know what I'm saying? Me personally, I didn't care about competing. Well, I shouldn't say that. I could say I always had confidence in, my, confidence in myself that I would be able to find the type of woman that I, I ultimately wanted. I didn't. I was never intimidated by women, never intimidated by another man, because I've, I've always been the type of courting. You know this just from knowing me the last year. I get what I want. You know what I'm saying? There are very few things in life I see I see, or that I say that I want that I don't get. And I feel like we all need to have that type of mentality, whether you're a woman wanting a husband, a man wanting a wife. Get what you want. God, We all have a God that can provide us with what we pray for. So why not go out and get it? Why settle? Who really wants a man that no other woman is interested in? Nobody. So why not, why not choose C? Why not choose C? Anyone on that thread listening to ask her, what's wrong with C? Because if you really read, look at the wording of it. I can see if it was even worded differently. But look at the wording. He's a ladies' man. It's really in, in, in con, the concept. Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing wrong. That, that doesn't mean you're a whore. It doesn't mean he's out having sex with you. It just says all the women want him. You know? He has options. And that is what I tell you guys here night in and night out. Y'all know it. Y'all listening, you know I tell you that every night. I tell you that these men have options. You need to understand that. That's why we talk every night about how to differentiate yourself, how to set yourself apart, 
how to be the best possible woman, how to become a wife. All men have options, ladies, unless they're a loser. And why would you want to date a loser? How do you feel about that, Courtney? Does that cause you to maybe view things from a different perspective? Um, yeah, as far as your um, take on C, because I was, I was kind of on the fence about C. Um, I never wanted to say A. Like, that was already a no-go for me. But, um, and I was definitely with B. But C, I was looking at it like, okay, this guy is a player. He's some type of sex fiend. Why would I want to be with him? And um, I had to just change to that. What? I, I be, you know why? Because I was referencing the guys I knew in the past, and so I'm thinking just because it said ladies' man that he's still in the player stage and he's not he's not looking to settle down. So that's right. why I look so at you were, So you were basing future interactions off of past negative experiences. Which is <laughs> what we call... <laughs> Yes, emotional unavailability. No, go ahead, tell him. Yes. Go ahead. Huh? Yes. What? Say a lot of emotion. <laughs> which is emotional unavailability. Right. So, um, but but see, yeah. you know, but the thing about it is, is that at least you're, you know, what I'm saying, like that's this is what we're all here for. At least you're able to say, like, you know what, this is this is what it is, and that's what that's where growth comes from. You know, it's nothing wrong with C. Because like Courtney said, and just like what you said, that's why people like it. That's why one of the major reasons people tune in is because you say a lot. People think I say things that people just think, no, really, you, I mean, I do, but you say a lot of things that women think and have been through that are afraid to admit publicly. And I've been told that countless times by women that I've personally interacted with. So I want you to continue doing that because just, just saying that, like, wow, I, my mind automatically went to sex scene is exactly why every woman on that thread said, hey, they don't want to feel like, you know, they're dating somebody who's having sex with multiple women. But then again, this doesn't even say anything about that. Oh, this could be your, this could be your pastor right here. Oh, y'all, come on. Y'all know how these women, these vultures, look at y'all pastors. Don't let them be young and single. That's how that, that could be a pastor. All it says is all the women want him, and he has options, but he just happens to be single. This was me when I was, what, let me get the number. I'm already on the couch. I don't want to prolong my time on the couch. So let me get the calculator. Let me just make sure. But I'll say when I was in my late 20s, this was me. I wasn't a whore, but I was in that ready-to-settle-down stage right before I met my wife. I definitely wasn't a ready to settle down stage, but at the same time, I did have options. You know what I'm saying? But I happen to be single. So it's just a matter of having confidence in yourself that that you can be that woman that will be chosen even though or chosen by a man who ultimately has options. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't, for many women, that can be a very daunting task. It can be a little scary. It's like, oh, he has options. How do I know he'll choose me? Especially if I'm trying to walk this Christian walk and not using this big butt of mine, not using these sexual skills that I've developed throughout my life. I got to let that stuff go. So now I got to actually get him to choose me based on just me as opposed to me sexually. 
And for many women, that's uncomfortable to even think about, let alone actually, you know, try to do. I mean, that's, that, are we keeping it real tonight, Courtney? Because I feel like, I feel like this is, this is a little real right here. I mean, we always keep. I feel like, I feel like we we really keeping it real tonight, Courtney. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, but you know what? It's something special about these Saturday night shows. I think that's why we don't do them a lot, but it's because it's like when we do them, though, it's like it's real. It's realer. That's what I should say. It's realer. And this is coming from people who actually do keeping it real Fridays. You know what I mean? This is what we do. So, but, yeah, now, this is, like you said, there is a reason why we've only done, like I said, Literally, probably like it's probably like the fifth, the fifth Saturday Night Live in you know in ten years. So, you know it is. Let's do one more, and then we'll, we'll get the heck up out of here, man. I know y'all got uh, church in the morning. I got church. And I'm going to church. You know, um, you know, it's just who 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 really looks forward to going to church. I mean, really, like y'all think it's like the best place to be. It's really great when you can look forward to going to church and. And then go to church and and just get a blessing and you know um, you know get spiritually renewed. You know, I, somebody told me something a long time ago. You know, don't plan your Sunday morning based off of what you did Saturday night, but instead plan your Saturday night based off of what you want to do Sunday morning. You know, really think about that. Let that marinate because, you know, sometimes you'll say, oh, I'm going to go out, and if I get up, I get up. You know, nah, just, just if you know you're trying to go to church, you know, go to bed at a decent hour. If you know you want to go to church with a clear conscience, don't get smashed off Saturday. Yeah, I mean, come on. You know how it goes. You know, don't don't jeopardize all that. Y'all know what I'm saying. Well, here's one more question. What other, uh, real quick, this was lingering for a couple of weeks now. I meant to go over this before, but here's a, a brief one. You know, Courtney, if your pastor came out as gay, would you leave the church? It's a lot of talk. You see a lot of, you know, whether it's Eddie Long or different scandals in the church, but you know, since we're talking about church, I mean, if you if you had a pastor or a, you know, a minister that was very influential with the church, I mean, he revealed that, you know, he was homosexual or had a homosexual experience or whatever, would you, how would that affect you? Oh, I wouldn't be going there anymore. And actually, I left a church because of that in the past. Now, he never came, this particular pastor never came out as being gay, but it was just obvious. And <laughs> and um, I left. So I can only imagine if they came out and admitted they were gay, of course I'd leave. Because how 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 can you go to a church and um, allow someone to speak to you and, um, you know, praise the Lord and, and read the word of God, knowing that they engage in activities that are against what God, you know, what God loves, you know, that goes against everything. I couldn't even live with myself doing it. Yeah. You know what? I mean, here, I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I would leave and, um, I mean, I, I've, I've left churches for less than that. Though. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, and we can talk about the homosexuality piece, but, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be comfortable, you know, with your pastor. You have to be comfortable with, um, you know, his style of leadership. You have to be comfortable with the congregation in which you, 
you know, you fellowship. So, I mean, if you if you feel, you know, uncomfortable or or in a way that would prevent your spiritual growth, then I feel like you should leave. You know, because a lot like I hear people say, "Oh man, like I don't really feel like hearing him preach," or "I don't feel like you know." Well, you, you know, you you're you're not in the right environment. That environment is not going to be conducive to you maximizing your potential in the Lord. And that's what you're there for. And if you're not there for that, then you're there for the wrong reasons anyway. So I would say definitely, um, you know, leave. But certainly if, you know, somebody's gay or not even, here's the thing. I left the church one time. Uh, I was dating a woman in the church that she went to at the time. You know, it was just the pastor was, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say any names, but, I mean, you're a Philly York, probably know. I mean, he's very influential. Um you know, I think probably like 50, 50 years old, single, you know, very flamboyant, very feminine. Um, the, the culture of the church was very feminine. You know, a lot of the, the leaders, the you know, ministers and, you know, uh, you know, youth, you know, pastors, stuff like that, just, you know, very flamboyant. The the style of praise and worship was very flat. I mean, it was really just ridiculous to be quite. I mean, nothing like I've ever seen. I'm just looking like, yo, like what's really going on here? You know what I mean? Like this is a very influential church, a very influential pastor here in the Philadelphia area. And I'm just like, am I in the twilight zone? Like this is okay, and it's a blessing now. I'm able to worship where I go now. And, and not have to deal with any of that. Like you don't see that. That's that's not part of the culture, you know. Fruitcake guys dancing around the aisles. Like there's, no, that's not. And if your church is like that, there's a problem. Now that's not to say that if you if you know people struggle with homosexuality that they can't come and you know and be healed and get prayer. That's not a a problem. Because that's what what church is for. But I believe that it's up to the pastor and the leadership to set the tone and say, "Hey, look, if you if this is something you struggle with, you're not going to be in a position of leadership." The same the same way if someone struggle with sexual uh, any sexual sin or you know lying or gossiping, like you, you know you can't have people who struggle with those things openly. In in positions of uh, of leadership, that's that's the pastor's job to eliminate that stuff. You pray for those people, you work with those people behind behind closed doors to deliver them from those things. So I don't want to make it seem like you know homosexuality can't be cured or you know what I mean. Uh, I mean that's what I mean cured and healed from because that's what it is. It is a sin. It is you know it's not of God. So if you have an issue with that, the only place to go is, you know, the church. So, but I'm sure, you know, let ask Barack Obama that, ask Hillary Clinton that, they'll tell you something totally different, you know, get those votes. But, you know, it is what it is. We spent the first hour, if you guys tuned in late, talking about, uh, you know, politics and talking about how politics meets spirituality and just the discrepancy that exists in the uh, you know, between the church and uh, certain and their support of certain politicians. But uh, one last question I, I thought to be uh, interesting. You know, one of the things that comes along with Valentine's Day often is dating and, you know, is going out, showing somebody a good time. Usually, you know, you have men spending money, you know, really just showing a woman, uh, 
you know, that they care about, you know, how they feel through, you know, through a nice time, a nice day. You know, I've done a lot of nice things over the years uh, for different people on uh, on Valentine's Day just because I like, that was like my thing. I like to go all out and do nice things. Uh, so here, but here's a question that men sometimes feel some type of way about, which was how do the men in this group feel about females who are constantly on their phones texting, checking Facebook, Twitter, uh, this really gets under my skin. I think it's rude and disrespectful if you're trying to spend time with someone and they're on their phone the whole time. Do any of the fellas feel the same way? Now, as a man, I want to just kind of weigh in on that because we live in an age of, you know, social media, technology, Twitter, Instagram, you know, just, you know, scrolling through the news feeds, seeing what's going on, Instagram, seeing who posts what, you know, seeing who commented on what maybe something you posted. You know, and so, you know, you, you, you tend to care about those things, which is not a bad thing, but where do you draw the line if you are, you know, on a date or even in a relationship with someone? How do you feel about that? Is that a, a pet peeve of yours? When people check the phone, yeah. Um, and just to answer the question, just from a female perspective, we do that, and I mean, this is obvious, this should just go without saying, but um, we do that on dates when we're not interested in you, but we're still trying to get a free meal at the same time. And so that's when you get the looking, you know, at the phone all the time. You know, because social media, I mean, it's not that exciting. If you're really feeling someone, you're going to give them your full undivided attention if you're really feeling them. So whether you're just starting out just dating or actually in a relationship, if you're feeling that person, that phone is not even going to be, that's going to be the last thing on your mind. Now, I agree with that 100%. It definitely won't be the, the, you know, you won't be interested in your phone when you're in the the presence of someone that you, you know, are interested in. The only question I have for you is, I mean, because you're you're saying this, but my question is how, like the last time you were out on a date, there were no phones. So that's what I'm just trying to figure out. Like, what are you referring to? What is your point of reference? Because there were no phones the last time you were even in that situation. So what are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we talking about 96 You know what I mean I, I just told you the story how we had the black books Back in the day and that, that sounds about the, the time when you even Were on your last day You know so don't just, you know, just, I just want the people to You know like like I tell y'all Look out for the media The media tries to bamboozle y'all Tell y'all lies get you to think different things Well Courtney does the same thing to a certain extent You know what I mean So sometimes you got a fact checker And be like well hold on Courtney You said you were celibate for eight years You said you you know you haven't been dating We haven't heard of a date since Since the beginning of the date on oh, like, the whole time. <laughs> You know what I'm saying Well that's true whole... now, That is true You're right You're right But no, we've been I'm... on the air for a minute <laughs> you know what I'm saying, of course. Matter of fact, the people want to know. I mean, since we talked about it, if you don't mind, when is the last time you were actually on a date? 2011. So that was like five years ago. What the heck? Now, for the people who yeah. want to know, I mean, because we're we keeping it real right now. We're keeping it real. I mean, so cause we, we don't talk about this. I mean, I'm giving you a hard time. I'm messing you, but in all seriousness, like, it, you know, I'm sure people have wondered, like, 
what's really going on? Like, are you becoming a nun? Are you dating? Are you not dating? Are you, I mean, what's up? Well, right now I don't see the point of dating um, because I'm still working on myself. I want to get to a place of emotional availability. So right now, to me, it's it's pointless to date. Um, but as far as why it was like 2011, like that was probably the last time, that's when I became serious about being celibate. Like I've been celibate for eight years, but I wasn't like for real with it before. Like I was still doing other stuff. I was still like watching porn. I was still going out on dates. I was still, as I always say, doing the most. But I just finally cut that out and actually just, you know, did things God's way and doing things God's way. So. Porn? What the heck? Are you serious? <laughs> I did a YouTube video about this, but um, yeah, I used to have. For those who are like, what? Are, what is she talking about? I used to have an addiction to porn, like, and I have no problem saying that. Like, that's that's what I would watch, and it was really just a coping thing, just to deal with certain things that was going on in my life. It wasn't like really for entertainment. It was just to take my mind off of stuff. Yeah. No, you know, Courtney, I mean, I know all this. I mean, definitely. I mean, I, let me just say this. I respect that. I respect that level of honesty. Um, and I would, I would like to direct everybody to, uh, to Courtney's uh, YouTube page. Matter of fact, what's the real quick right now, what's the link? Cause I want to continue talking about this, but while they while we're talking about this, that you have a YouTube video specifically on your, uh, on that addiction to porn and just uh, on a number of topics that I think a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with hearing you discuss in, from that perspective. Real quick, what's the YouTube link? It's youtube.com slash Courtney Hollins TRC. But I, I'll post it online, but I'll say it again. YouTube.com slash Courtney Hollins, H-O-L-L-I-N-S, TRC. That's what it is right there. So check her out, and you already know mine is YouTube dot com slash as they done and um but yeah so it's just it, i try to we both try to switch it up and give you all different types of content that you're not used to hearing uh here on the show but um so to answer this original question or how do we feel about it i mean it's women it's not even a pet peeve like one i don't really experience that a lot but i have experienced it and I think what women have to realize is dating is something that is done for a purpose, okay? We as men don't just date just to date. There are two reasons that men date. We're either going to see if we can, uh, if you would fit into the category of being our future wife, okay? We're going to see if that connection is there or could be there. Uh, or we're going to do it specifically to get you into bed. So if you look at it and really analyze this for a second, if it's the, the latter, just trying to get you into bed, I don't care if you're on your phone. I don't care if you're in your phone. Like I don't care what you're doing with your phone. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter because we're going to do what we need to do regardless. And Courtney gave you guys a good uh, perspective of the female, but I'm just saying as a man, I could care less. Like, it doesn't matter. You see, if if you're in that sex category and you're being rude or you're not interested, well, that most likely that man, he's just going to try to take you back to the crib anyway. 
You know, and so a lot of women, they, they, in many cases, not all the time, but in many cases, they actually are interested but are trying to seem uninterested because they don't want to put themselves out there because they've developed a certain level of emotional wall based on past hurt, pain, and resentment. And that's how that goes a lot of times. So it's like, yeah, I like you, but I'm going to act like I don't like you because I don't know if you like me, and I don't want to put myself out there because I don't want to get hurt. So I got to protect my feelings. Y'all know, you know how that goes. So we as men, we, we are very familiar with that. And so when we see it, first thing we do is like, okay, that's cool. You can do all that. But let me, what, what, did, what did Memph Bleak say back in the day in one of his songs? He said, okay, that's cool. Let me let me console your soul while I palm your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like women got these, <clears throat> excuse me, they got these sob stories. They got these issues. They got these you know, these walls up. It's like, okay, we'll play the role. Let me console you. Let me rub your back. Let me, you can cry on my shoulder. And then, you know what I'm saying, let me just do some other stuff too. So that's, again, that's why we talk so much about the importance of not dating. In fact, doing what Courtney's doing, which is not dating while you already know that there are certain things you're struggling with because doing so will only bring about, you know, the the, the men, the predators basically, the bastards. So you got to think about it from that perspective. Um, so, so there's that if, if, from a sexual standpoint. But if we are viewing you as a potential wife up until that point, and we see you doing that stuff, the texting and the, you know, just really being rude. I'm not even impressed. Like, if you're on, like, if you get a notification and you look at your phone or whatever, I mean, we know what it is um, in most cases. But if you're like extra with it. You know, if you're like, like totally disinterested in all people, then that's just flat out rude. And so all that's good. It's not going to piss us off. It just means that all right, we're going to most likely pay for the meal, and then uh, and just make a decision based on that. Whether that means not calling you anymore, and in many cases, depending on where the man is, maybe just taking you out of that, you know, wife category and putting you into the the sex category. And hopefully everybody by at this point got a chance to hear our uh, our epic three night six hour really really like well I say about seven or eight hours because the one part two was only one hour the first show was like three hours the third show was like two hours so it was like a, a you know what I mean like an eight part uh, eight hour uh, you know three nights special on how men think barbershop talk. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I would say, you know, we, just listen to that if you missed it, because we talked a lot about the psychology just of how we think, how we make those decisions um, about what category to put you into. What are some things that can actually turn us off to, uh, you know what I mean, For, from viewing you as a potential wife to putting you to, just being looked at as a jump off or a booty car or something like that. So definitely check that out if you missed it. But I mean, back in the day, I just didn't care. It's like if you were, you know, weren't into me. Like this one woman, I'll tell you a quick story. And this was, a, I see this woman now, um, you know, on Facebook and things like that. She was cool. Like we never had any issues. I met her at this club. It was like a like a very popular happy hour uh, party. It was called Fizos. If you guys remember Fizos, and from the Philadelphia area, it basically was like 
you know, it was like a party, it was like a club. Well, it was a club, but it was like a party from, say, 5 to 9. You know what I mean? Like, and it was just jumping. Like, people would literally get off work, go straight there. By, like, 6.30, 7, from, like, 7. And, you know, people chill, hang out, but, like, that club was jumping from, like, 7.30 all the way up to, like, 9.30 until, you know, people rolled out and did whatever. Sometimes we just stayed there straight through until uh, 2 o'clock. But it was, like, a different crowd or whatever. But uh, So my point is that I met this young woman there um, at that type of event, uh, and, you know, we we you know, it was like in passing, like she was walking by. She looked, came through looking like, came through looking like uh, who she looked like. So I give you all an example. Looked like uh, she had an interesting look to her. I don't want to say Jennifer Lopez because it was more like a uh, what's her nationality? I think she was like Puerto Rican. Um, I can't think of anybody, but she, you know, nice little. Not like slutty, but very just had a very uh, girl next door type of look to her, um, you know. But definitely like Puerto Rican or biracial of some sort, um, and kind of like exotic look to her. And I just she just walking by, and I grabbed her, I just grabbed her arm because it was like you couldn't even move in there. It's like jam packed. So she just walked. I just reached out my arm, grabbed her, you know, not like in an aggressive way, but like yo, you know, come here real quick. I just want to talk to you. She stopped, got a number. We talked for like, you know, five so I said, No, nah, I know you're in a hurry, you know, it's crazy and I said, Let me just you know, let me just try to get your number, I'll call you. She's like, Yeah, so I just put a number on my phone and uh so that was that. So we didn't even really talk, um, at that point. But uh, I guess she you know, she was feeling your boy. She was like, Let me just get these digits out, you know what I mean? Courtney, she said, Yeah, I can't I can't not stop, you know what I mean? It's an opportunity for life. <laughs> no, really? I'm messing with y'all. I'm messing with y'all. So, but no, she stopped. You know how it goes in passing. Like, it was jam-packed. I mean, literally couldn't walk in there. Couldn't even move. So um, I called her, I think, like a couple of days later. And, uh, you know, we, we ended up going out. And this is something I, I generally don't do. I, I broke one of my own rules because a lot of women think that first dates are automatic, Right, and the reality is, first dates. You know, nowadays, if you go on a job, you want a job, you got that phone interview first. You notice that? And back in the day, it was like you go on a face to face interview, then you get a second interview, then a third interview, then you 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 know maybe meet the the hiring partners or whatever managers. But now you got the the phone interview, and if you don't do well on the phone interview, you ain't getting a face to face. They don't even want to see your face, and that is very much so. Courtney, you know, that's very much so uh, how it is today with these men. Why take a woman out in today's society when you're already dealing with four or five women? Why take someone out if you're not even filling their conversation? So I think with me, and that's why I would always, I would always screen these women. It's like the phone, if the phone conversation wasn't, there wasn't something special about her, I deleted the number. I'm like, okay, well, I'm about to get ready to do this. I'm going to talk to you, you know, I'll give you a call later on or whatever. And uh, delete, delete the number. If they happen to call me or text me, they got the, yo, who this? Oh, who's this? I'm sorry. And I didn't, y'all know how people be fronting. I didn't front. I just say, who's this? Uh, you know what I mean? I didn't say, oh, no, nah, so I got a new phone. I didn't get a new phone. I've had the same phone since, since 96. Same phone number, at least. So nah, I didn't delete, I just deleted the number. So long story short, you know, I you know we so I didn't get a chance to talk. So I think we maybe spoke 
probably for like maybe five, ten minutes. And I'm just like, well, look, let me just, I'd like to see you. And, you know, so we, we met up. And it was interesting because she was a very nice woman, but just really no chemistry. I mean, like whatsoever. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I think we the bill, I remember at that time I was just pissed off that the bill came to like $79.99 or, you know, $79. And uh, based on what we both ate and drank at that, at that point, and I remember thinking like, that's I need a tip. So I had to spend like $87, something like that. And which is not, you know, which was not, a, it wasn't about the money. It was just $87 knowing that there wouldn't be a second date. It was just like, okay, I just wasted, you know, 90 bucks basically. And so I'm just telling you, for men, that is very, uh, you know, it's not a it's not a nice feeling. You know, nobody likes to waste their time. Nobody likes to waste their money. And so uh, the point being is that we as men, we like to make sure there's that connection. Okay, ladies, you got it. Just so you know, you want to make sure that you are, differentiating yourself and that you are really connecting with that guy. Otherwise, don't just assume that, oh, he's just going to take me out and I'm going to get a free meal. No, nah, that's not it. Have you, ever, have you ever known, Courtney, that you were being really interviewed? No. <laughs> not so too late. <laughs> yeah, right. no. yeah, that's no. basically how it goes. It's an interview process. And I think... You know, one of the things that we've done over the years and will continue to do is just really help women get a more accurate understanding of the current dating climate, you know, from a male perspective. So many women have just a, a, a totally erroneous view of of how things are. It's more so how they think they are or how they would like them to be but you guys need to know how it is, and, and how it is, in most cases, is not pretty, you know? I actually had every intention, guys, of doing about an hour-long show tonight, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But as you Here see, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, sometimes I already know what it is. You're like, all right, we're going to be, you know, here to three, you know, till midnight, do three hours. But I really tonight just plan, like I said, I want to go to, I'm going to church tomorrow. Hopefully you guys are too. But I didn't plan on this. But as you see, we just had a lot to talk about, um, a lot of realness, whether it was, you know, politics, sports, talked about the Super Bowl earlier, whether it's about, you know, the entertainment industry, the music industry, just to how that whole thing is, you know, going. And then obviously the dating and relationships, you know, no matter what the topic, I feel like you guys deserve a, a, a better level of, of talk radio. I mean, I turn on my radio uh, here in Philly and, you know, people are just illiterate out here. I mean, it's really ridiculous. Like, people are using words in incorrect context, like, in the ma- like on these morning shows, on, the like, the, the highly rated, like, afternoon shows. Like, you know, can you even speak? You know, it's, and, and then on top of that, they'll be talking about absolutely nothing. So, I mean, I feel like you guys, like I said, I always tell you guys, I enjoy talk radio. You know what I mean? And so I feel like as a fan of talk radio, I feel like you guys deserve some realness and and deserve some content, deserve real radio that matters. And I want to start seeing this hashtag. You know what I'm saying? RRTM, man, that's what it is. 
this is what, you know, we're trying to make this a worldwide movement. You know, just let people know that, hey, look, you know, there is quality radio still out here. There are people actually talking about things that affect us spiritually, emotionally, you know, politically, socially. You know, Courtney, any last-minute words of wisdom? We're going to get ready to get out of here. Um, yeah, I definitely um, want to encourage the ladies, especially with Valentine's Day coming up, just to really to take this time to, if you're single, you know, spend it with loved ones and don't look at it as a bad thing that you're single. You can spend it with friends and family and just be grateful, um, you know, and thankful for the things that, the things and the people that God delivered you from. Good advice. I, I want to say a couple of things real quick. One, one I want to leave y'all with a couple of scriptures. I was trying to debate which one I was going to share with y'all, but you know what? They, I feel like they're both applicable to the thing that we've been talking about from uh, the beginning of the show to the end of the show. The first one is, um, uh, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You, I cannot serve God and and wealth, you know. And I think that, uh, you know, Matthew 6.24, as well as spoken about in Luke 16.13, I think what we have to do is really look at, you know, when you look at this political process, when you look at who you want to support, what you want to support, you know, what you're passionate about, you know, just just take a look at at it from that perspective. You know, you can't, you know, love God live for God, but at the same time, you know, support people whose message is contradictory to that because that's, you know, that's actually trying to, as Courtney would say, is doing the most, but as the Bible would say, it's basically serving two masters. You know what I mean? And so so just think about that. But then also from a uh, relationship standpoint, like what we've been talking about more recently, here towards the end of the show, you know, especially around Valentine's Day, you're going to see a lot of different things, a lot of different people coming in and out of the equation, trying to come in and out of the equation. And what the Bible says about that is to beware of false prophets uh, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. And that's Matthew 7.15. Um, you know, obviously that you know speaks about false prophets, false teachers, and things like that. You definitely want to be aware of that. But as far as what we were talking about, apply that also to these dudes out here, because there are a lot of men who I was just talking about this to someone uh, earlier today. Actually, uh, there are a lot of men who appear to be sent from uh, God, uh, appear to be potentially your future husband, but in reality are are sent to you from the enemy ultimately to destroy you and and to distract you and to prevent you from being found by who he really has for you. And so just don't let this, this, you know, this time period of of leading up to Valentine's Day where there can be, you know, some loneliness, some insecurity, self-esteem, you know, whatever, depression, don't let those things cause you to, to miss the signs that you are, in fact, dealing with someone who, who is a ravenous wolf, you know, if you will. So just think about that, man. Just think about that. Listen to the show. We give you the blueprint. We give you the knowledge to make those uh, those decisions. And, um, you know, lastly, I want to just thank you all for, uh, for being here tonight, spending your Saturday night 
um, you know, with with us tonight. Uh, I know there's a lot of things going on in your respective cities. And, um, yeah, I mean, Courtney, uh, watch the Super Bowl tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? She she doesn't watch. She just likes to watch the commercials, watch the halftime, watch the Super Bowl. Root for my man Cam Newton. I'm gonna go ahead and put a prediction out there. I think I think that the Panthers are gonna go ahead and actually blow them out. I don't think it's gonna be close at all. But uh, we'll see. A lot of people saying it's gonna be close. They're gonna grind. I think the Panthers are gonna run away with it. So, uh, but we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I, I'm gonna get with my man Osho tomorrow. We I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna tie him up. And I'm going to tell him, like, look, we got to get back on here with these Between Brothers shows. You know what I mean? He's been he's been slacking a little bit. Not, no, I'm messing with he's, he's a pastor, so he has a lot going on. I have a lot going on. So, But, you know, a lot of people have been asking, like, yo, when y'all going to do another Between Brothers? You know, I'll see. But in the meantime, listen to the specials we've done in the past. We've done a lot of classics, just Osho and I, the Between Brothers series. If you haven't heard them, Google them, look them up, listen. And um, so, but yeah, thanks guys. Have fun in church tomorrow. I want y'all to go. I don't want to be the reason y'all didn't go. And uh, that's what it is. I'll see y'all next time. Good night.
Question for you: What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five. But if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.